1: what's going on internet analytic here aka dreams and i'd like to welcome you to mine which i call the notorious mass effect podcast i'm your hip-hop and gaming news source with a little bit of RB mixed in now of course for every episode i give an update and for this particular episode it's a interesting update as we have a lot of things to touch on first i want to shout out to drizzly for sponsoring the podcast as if you remember they sponsored the podcast for episode 124 and they're back again for episode 125 of course 124 was in june i believe and it was it was part of the juneteenth promotion but for this particular one it's for let me see let me bring this up because this this is not even part of the promotion like i don't even have to do this but you you know i I felt like i felt like i needed to uh do this because i'm pretty i'm pretty grateful whenever these type of opportunities come by so yeah the the first one was in in june so because it went so well um which is a a tribute to y'all and and y'all support for notorious mass effect uh they came back around and they're sponsored me uh, again for july which is like a summer type of uh, promotion first one was juneteenth this one is more of a, a summer promotion and in general all you need to know is that J- drizzly is just a, a delivery service for hold on let me make sure i find this right you know i gotta say it right you know i can't i can't be messing this up you I mean you are, you probably already heard the ad so uh let me see okay yeah uh drizzly is a delivery service for liquor beer and wine and it's the it's america's largest e-commerce uh alcohol marketplace and the best way to shop beer wine and spirits so with that being said uh we're gonna get into the episode of course and the update that was one of the updates that was sponsored again by drizzly so i, I appreciate them for sponsoring and also believing and the masses of course which is y'all and also i want to get into one of the biggest milestones of this podcasting journey which is we are 10,000 away from a million total downloads let me say that again we are 10,000 away from a million total downloads in just 7 months under red circle for the podcast so as far as red circle the hosting platform it has definitely been a blessing in disguise as i don't know if y'all have listened to my segment notorious mass effect versus spotify which looking back on it it probably should have been titled notorious mass effect versus umg which is universal music group because that's where that's where the real beef lies, but as always, you know, bounce backs are made for downfalls if you're resilient. And for me, I'm so persistent and wanting to achieve podcasting. Well, just achieve in podcasting that Umg, like taking down my original podcast, didn't stop me. And honestly it just showed how dedicated I was to podcasting in general, like with no dollar amount attached. I started over, which we had like nine to 10,000 weekly downloads over at anchor, which is my previous hosting platform. And then we was taken down by UMG and, you know, I could have just stopped it just been like, Oh, this isn't for me. Um, the obstacles or the odds are stacked against me. And I could have just, you know, turned it in and just be like hey it was a good try you know we tried it tried our best and I guess it didn't work out but I don't know I felt like I said to myself is this something that I really wanted in life and the answer was yes so I kept going I started back up from ground zero chose a different hosting platform in Red Circle and now we are 80,000 as far as weekly downloads coming from 10,000, which is my highest by far on Anchor. So we went from 10,000 weekly downloads to 80,000 weekly downloads. And now we are currently 10,000 downloads away from a million total downloads in just seven months under Red Circle. So I just wanna say that for everybody out there who's striving for a plan no not striving (laughs) striving for a plan striving for a goal and think that is impossible and I just want to say that whatever you set your mind to you can achieve and that's for anything in life so just wanted to start off with that uh motivational tidbit as it was definitely a journey and I would not have changed anything about it but um yeah currently We are, of course, like I just said, 10,000 downloads away from a million downloads. By the time I put this up, we'll probably have passed that. I don't know what I'm going to do to celebrate it because I know I need to do something as, if you really take in the Spotify downloads and this downloads, like we'll be closing in on like 2 million. We'll be like at a 1,800,000 downloads in total, like as far as the entirety of my podcasting career, which started in 2020. But uh, for right now, we're just going to focus on the Red Circle achievement, which is a uh, achievement in itself, if I do say so myself. So, And it's also another tribute to y'all as y'all keep coming in week after week, listening to me break down the latest gaming and hip hop. And I'm beyond thankful and grateful for the support that y'all have c- continue to give. With that being said, I need, I need to address the elephant in the room. You know, there's something that i've been meaning to address that's been heavy on my heart and pressing and it's a real sensitive topic and i just thought i address it this one that like just one good time and then leave it alone basically i'm sick there you have it i'm sick and i know what y'all probably saying that that's not the announcement we thought we was gonna get but (laughs) but for the most part yeah i am pretty uh so i'm back from vacation um which is why this episode took a little longer i mean i'm always recording but you know the episode took a little longer than it usually does but um yeah so i came back from vacation from florida um destined florida nonetheless and it was it was a great vacation and i caught like an allergy bug It was like i don't know if it was the humidity or what it was pretty bad and not bad but it was like i noticed it and i was like coughing real bad it was all type of bad and then i come back home right and i started taking medicine that was like prescribed to me from a doctor and it turned from allergies to me being just full-on sick so i'm just like no way i went to the doctor and then took the medicine they uh um, recommended and now i'm even more sick so hey you probably already hear it in my voice and um yeah man we just got to power through it because at the end of the day um this needs to get done (laughs) like drizzly did not sponsor for me to not put out an episode so uh yeah we're gonna get into this episode and let me see would i have any other announcements i think that was basically it so yeah that's it for the announcements uh yeah i'm back in my humble abode if that's how you say it and um it feels nice you know back in my comfortable space you know i always like to get uncomfortable uncomfortable if, if that's how you say it. i i messed that word all the way up but i always like to get uh uncomfortable i think that's how you say it. i don't know man forget it y'all know what i'm saying and i feel like it helps with growth and progression but now i'm back in my uh my safe space kind of and that experience was a great one i really uh valued and enjoyed that experience thoroughly and uh, now we're back to the regular scheduled programming so with that being said for episode 125 we're going to be talking about for the majority of this episode how Drake aka the GOAT is on tour what Meek Meek Mill used to say I used to pray for times like this, to rhyme like this. Nah, just playing. But um Yeah, the GOAT is on tour. We're gonna get into all the details surrounding it. And also, we're gonna get in we're gonna start with some unreleased music from Drake that's that may or may not be on his new album coming, titled For All the Dogs. But before that, make sure to click my link tree on my bio to access my social medias and follow to keep up with my latest activities. If you want to support the show financially, click my Cash App link located towards the bottom of my link tree as it helps the show overall. Also, make sure to share this podcast rating the show five stars as this helps the show reach more people so we can grow together and affect the masses. And also, make sure to click that bell icon for my people over at youtube as you have to click the bell icon and then click all because it has a all the personalized for when you click the bell icon i know it's very you know complicated and intricate but hey i just explained it you know you gotta click the bell icon and then click all for all of my notifications to pop up but um besides that i did have another announcement that i forgot so basically on tiktok right we uh surpassed three thousand followers which you know it's it's a accomplishment in itself you know it's always uh being grateful for the little things you know and so at this point i can go live on tiktok i believe last time i went live on tiktok i'm not gonna lie it messed my whole setup up like i don't know what happened but uh my mic started working weird like it was just all type of just things going wrong after i downloaded the the tiktok live studio app so hopefully this time goes a a little bit more smoothly but at the end of the day man there's no telling what will happen after i download this tiktok live studio so i think what i'm going to do is i'm going to uh, live stream on on youtube and kick for y'all who don't know i live stream simply for the fact that on wisdom which make sure you download the wisdom app um it shows like a silhouette of um Albert Einstein, I believe. Is that the right person? I think so. Anyways, um, yeah, make sure to download the wisdom app as that's the app I go live on and when I'm recording episodes and I put it out after the fact. So if you want to hear it in this live iteration, you know, live in effect, you say you know I'm not, you know, what what uh Jay-Z say so you could really see that this is just one take (laughs) but uh anyways um yeah so i I think i may start going live on youtube and and tiktok but i'm always going live on wisdom that's why i say download the wisdom app so yeah without further ado let's get into episode 125 (laughs) titles ruin everything a stream of consciousness by kenza samir and aubrey graham now throughout me covering these unreleased tracks from drake aka the goat i have to just give some quotables because the goat decided to give us the greatest thing since sliced bread which was his lyricism in Times, New Roman font. So without further ado, let me read off to you some of the bars that the goat has blessed us with. All right. The stuff you be saying on those apps says a lot. If I didn't know how to keep my comments to myself, I'd be commenting, commenting, S-T-F-U. Now, let me tell you something. This is a PG podcast, so I'm going to let you just figure out what that means. Also, the goat goes on to say, Those guys are so burnt out, we can smell it from here. I wouldn't do that if I were you. Someone who can never be me, let alone do what I do. Mm -mm -mm. Snap, man, snap it up, man. Snap it up for the goat, man. That's poetic justice at its finest. what Kendrick say? Poetic uh, poetic justice? If I told you that a flower was blooming in a dark room, would you trust me? I don't know Kendrick said it, so it got to make sense. But anyways, all jokes aside. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. And I mean seven new leaks that have surfaced online, which is allegedly, quotes around allegedly, on his upcoming album for All the Dogs. Now, I'm thinking that Drake definitely wanted to drop when Young Thug released Business is Business. And since then, everybody and the mama has been dropping. I mean you have uzi dropping you have taylor swift out of all people y'all thought morgan wallen was a problem in the country in the country field right here come miss king of pop herself to run the charts for another 15 weeks if y'all thought morgan wallen was a problem then taylor swift putting out her album not even a whole new album she literally re-released her album because she has the rights now she has like the royalties to whatever new music she makes so i guess she's like re-releasing all her new music and labeling it taylor's version but when i tell you that if you thought hip-hop was going to get a number one uzi pink tape may be the only hip-hop number one that we may have this year because taylor swift is about to run the charts for at least another two months like that's the very least And I think she did this on purpose as Drake even put out a very. I think it's a petty post as it was a person who looked like Taylor Swift, but was not Taylor Swift. And Drake said, congrats on the album drop, sis, dialed in. And you know what that means to me? I'm thinking that Drake and Taylor Swift have some type of I don't know if it's beef, but have some type of animosity towards each other. Or maybe it's Taylor Swift towards Drake, because she seems like she wants to drop every single time that Drake wants to put out music. I don't know if it's the show who's really the big dog in music, as everybody, including myself, keeps claiming that Drake is the GOAT. So Taylor Swift is like, I'm going to show you what GOATs actually do on the charts. But I just believe that after Taylor Swift saw Drake won the award at the Billboard uh, Award Show for de- for Artists of the Decade. Not the year, not two years, three years, four, five. What, what, uh, LeBron say, not one, not two, not three, not four. But Artists of the Decade. So 10 of them things. Taylor Swift was like, I had enough. I'm running the charts until I can't run no more. So now we have been subjected to quote-unquote leaks that are just ma- mixed and mastered perfectly i might add but they're leaks nonetheless so anyways uh one of the first leaks i wanted to touch on was uh i can't even say it. that that's how you know i'll be buying all this like uh what they call the hypebeast stuff but the the y-v-e-s say i know how to say the say Laurent part because i've heard all the rappers say it but i don't know what the y-v-e-s like what's that like wh- how you pronounce that Like, what's the pronunciation for a Y, a V, a E, and s? Like, somebody please tell me. But anyways, that's all I wanted to get into as we're going to get into the rest of these tracks and throughout the rest of these tracks, I'm going to keep breaking down just the inner workings of For All the Dogs. Of course, I'm going to keep reading from the, the, the master class, which is Aubrey Graham in this book titled Titles Ruin Everything, as I just think this book it's just one of the greatest things we've been gifted as a drake fan because if you was looking from quotables from drake look no further than titles ruin everything because this book is phenomenal so anyways click my link tree in my bio let me know on one of my social medias i may or may not put the track slate uh slate i can't even say it Laurent, or uh, Slaver, I, I I forgot how to say the the um the second word now, was it Slaver Laurent, no, that's that's not it, that's Laurent, L- Laurent, <laughs> <Nah, just, laughs> alright, y'all, y'all know what I'm saying, I'm gonna put the track, allegedly, in the description box below, which is why I titled this in the first place, so if you want to find the song, it may or may not be in my description box below, so make sure to click my uh, link tree in my bio, let me know on one of my social medias, what do you think about the the battle between Drake and Taylor Swift right now? And do you think that Taylor Swift is purposefully dropping around the same date that Drake wants to drop for the past two to three years to prove a point? Please go mind the business that pays you minimum wage. irony it costs a lot of money to feel free being someone they fear and can never get near is hot 100 music to my ears now that was titles ruin everything the book by the goat aka drizzy aka champagne can't say the other word because that's a pause aka drake but anyways what i really want to get into is how in the world did we get a big sean and drake collab in 2023 now this man must be really trying to run through his deal which if you don't know he signed like a 500 million dollar deal from universal to put out like seven to ten albums I don't know you have to fact check me but it's a lot of albums which is why he's put out as much music in this time frame than he's ever did in his entire career imagine somebody giving you 500 million dollars to put out a certain amount of projects you would do that too it'd be like forget artist integrity we're going to keep putting out music until music runs out of style so anyways now we have a big Sean and Drake collab because what else is drake not done for his uh universal 500 million dollar deal run you know so (laughs) here we are a big sean feature to add to his run and this man of course big sean used to be one of my favorite artists well rappers on my add. and then he uh left me in my high school days man moment of silence and then drake took over so here we are So, Big Sean came out with some of his best champagne poetry bars. As he said, automatic champagne popping. Never out of rounds. Tell me where the throne. That's where I be sitting down. Saying that on the track with Drake is just beyond laughable. But anyways, let's keep going. Tell me, well, I already said that. Run up in your city, run the spot, run the town. Bet I run that expeditive even when I'm not around. Only time the expletive, not the expletive around. I got weed, bad expletives, and money, and they all a 100 pounds. That's just disgusting. I ain't gonna lie to you. What what in the world does Big Sean be saying in these lyrics? I knew I had to pull up the lyrics because I just knew that this man would say something that would just be so... In, in uh, What's the word? It'd just be so blasphemous inflammatory in a way that would just make you disgusted that this man keeps rapping in 2023 but anyways besides that's besides the point because i don't know any girls that's around 100 pounds maybe i'm tripping but i mean you've seen the work that big sean has been uh, attached to so i can't i guess you can't really um discredit that too much but as far as 100 pounds thing i believe some of the people that he was attached to was definitely well above hundred pounds. Well, let's just leave it at that. So, anyways, uh, Big Sean and Drake is back again in 2023. Uh, if you don't know, this is because seven songs—I mean, seven of them—have reportedly leaked and as um, allegedly from his latest album that's coming soon, titled "For All the Dogs." Now, when I say that Drake is trying to run through this deal, I actually mean it as you get to a point where if you're the goat of rap and every time you drop, everybody listens. Universal music is going to give you the biggest bag that you've ever seen. So after receiving a $500 million bag from universal, that's like the rumored amount that he was given for who knows how many projects, like it seems like it's a lot because he's running through these projects like it's a mixtape and, um, him, doing a track with Big Sean is all I need to know for how much music he has to provide for Universal Music Group. And that's why I'm gonna leave it at that because I don't think Big Sean is a bad rapper by any stretch of the imagination, but he always comes with bars that's either really fire or it's just like a, 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 a super miss. Like it's like a, there's no middle ground. It's always a, an epiphany or it's just a downright just at- atrocity hopefully that makes sense but anyways uh some of the other information surrounding this is that drake reportedly wanted to drop the album when young thug released business is business but of course young thug was just trying to drop whenever gunna dropped to to, to kind of like dwindle his album sales which you know kind of did the opposite everybody's just like hey i know young thug locked up and gunna stitched on him but gonna put out more fire music than than young thug and people don't know how that's possible like imagine uh competing with a man in the free world and everybody's comparing your music to his while you locked up but i guess that makes sense in the hip-hop world or in the hip-hop space so i think that drake will probably not put out this album anytime soon unless he doesn't want to go number one because if you're not familiar with uh this one artist in in the music industry that's been been around for quite some time now uh called Taylor Swift uh she just well she's reported to sell 700,000 first week and look up the last time 700,000 first week has been accomplished and it hasn't been anytime soon so she's going to run the charts for at least the next two week uh the the next two uh months so I would think that Drake wants to number one when he releases. I don't care if it's a mixtape or not. So I don't see him dropping anytime soon. And if he does, it's going to be a sad day for Drake fans, as you have to see that number two next to Taylor Swift. But anyways, uh, click my link, share my bio. Let me know on one of my social medias. What do you think about Drake's new song with Big Sean and Drake? The reason I'm going to title this 416 with uh, Drake and Big Sean is because I may or may not have the song linked in the description box below but that's just for you to find out and for me to uh tell you so um yeah let me know on one of my social medias what do you think about a big sean verse in 2023 and do you think this song after listening to it is fire or trash known to block anyone in anything that isn't a blessing Say you found the right relationship, but that man got you going 50-50. You either really bad at math or really silly. Free all the homies dealing with max sentences. And free all the women dealing with bare minimum. Mm-mm-mm. Now, besides the classic book that is Titles Ruin Everything by Aubrey Graham, a.k.a. Drizzy, a.k.a. The Goat, we also have to get into the seven new leaks that have just surfaced that were allegedly supposed to be on the upcoming album for All the Dogs. And one of the tracks that I wanted to get into was called, well, ironically, it's titled Calling My Name, OG Mixing Master. I don't think that this song is going to end up at the on the album by any stretch of the imagination because if drake is going to og mixes to put on new album then i would think he's really out of material because if you don't know universal music group gave this man 500 million dollars it's rumored so it's not like an actual number so it's around that number for a lot of projects, nobody knows the inner workings of the deal, of course. It's just rumored behind the scenes of how much he received. And based on the amount of productivity he's given us from Certified Level Boy to Honestly Nevermind to Her Loss to For All The Dogs. Like if you think about it, if you look at the the title, no, if you look at the album covers, it's all a series. I mean, you go from Certified lover Boy, which is showing like a bunch of pregnant uh, women on a Nick Cannon type beat. And then you go into Honestly Nevermind, which that album cover is just Honestly Nevermind. And then you look at the second or the third album cover, which is Her Loss, which that one's actually kind of random. Like, I don't even know what that means. Uh, Maybe it's just some random, I don't know what that means. And then you go into the fourth album cover, which shows dogs. I think it's a progression from wanting a bunch of families, like I said, Nick Cannon type beat, and then changing your mind to honestly, never mind, And then, you know what people substitute for family sometimes? Pets. And who doesn't want a dog on the front of the cover because who's not gonna click that, right? So I think that's the progression that he's going with. I think he's going through this whole mind state of album titles. I think he's only doing this because the number of projects he has to deliver to umg so i believe that's why he's going through this whole uh dropping music every six months looking like the second coming to nba YoungBoy. but for this specific track calling my name the og mix and master i don't believe that this will actually end up on the album because who asked for this no really the amount of music that drake makes allegedly who wants an og mix of a song we've already heard anyways so that's the biggest thing another big thing is that um Taylor Swift just sold 700,000 first week so I don't think Drake is going to put out an album anytime soon unless he wants to come number two if there's anything about my goat he's extremely petty and a competitive nature is definitely within him so he'll probably refer from trying to trying to battle it out with Taylor Swift as she will probably run the charts for the next two months at least so he's probably going to wait and maybe drop this album after he finishes touring, which uh, would probably be the wise thing to do. So anyways, click my link, tree in my bio, let me know on one of my social medias. What do you think about Drake putting an OG Mix and Master on a new album? And would you prefer that of calling my name OG Master or a completely new track from Drake. What's the difference between going through your phone and going through hell? I can't really tell. It's always some unemployed expletive, trying to work my nerves. Our miscommunication is uncanny. Countries go to war over misunderstandings. You should be happy. I go to Miami. Assassinated my character and got off with no time served. For what it's worth, I've dealt with batter who've done me worse. Mm-mm-mm. Haven't we all, man? Haven't we all? Well, I guess some of y'all haven't, but you know, that's a discussion for another day. Anyways, that's besides the point. That was from the masterclass of Bars and Times New Roman font, which is uh, Titles Ruin Everything by Aubrey Graham, aka The GOAT, aka Jersey Drake. We're getting into how Drake's new music. Allegedly has leaked, and by leaked, I mean it probably came directly from the OVO camp themselves. As if you don't know, Taylor Swift has just sold 700,000 well, is reported to sell around 700,000 first week, so it, sh- it could be even more or it could be less, but it's around that number. So, what that basically means is she's going to be running the charts for the next two months. As look up the last time somebody even sold that much i mean everybody thought morgan wallen was running the billboard charts which he was for like the past 15 weeks but now safe to say it's taylor swift time and she's gonna take the baton she's gonna run way longer than morgan wallen did no disrespect to him but let's just you know let's just leave it at that taylor swift is a different beast in herself so with that being said i think that drake had the result to leaking his music as i don't think this is the entire album of course but i i do think these are some of the tracks some of the tracks that was going to be on for all the dogs i don't think all of these tracks was going to be on that album i think only uh tried our best i'm the problem the sailor right uh 416 but the rest of them seems like mix and masters which is what i'm getting into so the lose you track Which is the last track i'm getting into of the leaks i know the seven of them but i've already covered the first two uh if you listen to my previous segments i cover the other uh leaks but as far as the lose you demo one and demo two i'm in dem i'm demoed out like demo itis is not for me like i'm not that type of person that listens to a demo and thinks it's way fire or just more fuego than the original so what i would have to say is if drake results to putting demos and og masters on his latest projects then maybe he should take a step back for putting out music so frequently which on the other hand personally i don't even think he was going to put this on a new album at all but for this the leak coincidentally when he's going on tour and when it was reported that he was supposed to drop this album, because if you don't know, artists drop music before they go on tour or after. And if you're asking why I know that, just look up any history or any artists in the history of time. They either drop before they go on tour or after. Because they drop, a, they drop music, go on tour. They drop music again, go on tour. That's the pattern for artists from the beginning of time. If you drop music while you're touring, it makes no sense because you're going from place to place. How can you even focus on performing while also focusing on what's the best marketing strategy to promote this new album? It's it's totally two separate beasts that needs its own attention, which is why when Little Baby was on tour not too long ago, and he was putting out that atrocity he called music, which was like he was like. Hey, some 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 some, hey, when he was putting out that stuff, he was on tour because guess what It's hard to make actual good music when you're on tour, and your your time and attention span is occupied by trying to put on a live show. I've never seen a lot- a little baby live show, but I would guess with him doing stadiums, well, some stadiums, but no arenas, I forget there's a difference, but with him doing some arenas, I would think it takes some type of uh, attention for him to actually put some effort forth. But anyways, um, demo one and demo two of Lose You, it's, it's not my cup of tea. I would think that the original track was the original for a reason. And if you want to put out two different demos of a track, I would think you would put it out and leak format which he did here I don't think it was ever going to be on his new album for all the dogs but because it got released alongside some other tracks that was definitely going to be on for all the dogs I think that it was an interesting marketing strategy in itself as if you definitely well if you release the actual project alongside Taylor Swift you was going to become number two and maybe number three you never know who else is who else is deciding to drop soon like you don't know who's gonna drop like they're talking about Travis Scott dropping which we're gonna get into in this episode but I think that Drake dropping now would be unwise if he wants to keep that streak that only him Uzi and I think Nicki Minaj has as far as all of the albums going number one in the first week I would say Kendrick but Kendrick got outsold by somebody I forget who it was in the first week because you know when Kendrick first started coming up he wasn't like super big I guess if that makes sense but for Drake I don't know somehow he's always had number one first week so you know timing is everything and I think Drake knows that now is definitely not the time to drop a project if you want to be humbled by the Swifties and as a Drake stan that is not something i want to see coming to fruition so click my link to my bio let me know on one of my social medias what do you think about all these songs that's been leaked allegedly well that was supposed to be on the upcoming album for all the dogs and do you think that drake should wait to drop for all the dogs or should he release it sometime soon <laughs> titles ruin everything A Stream of Consciousness by Aubrey Graham and Kenza Samir. Now, I don't know who Kenza Samir is, but I definitely know who Aubrey Graham is. And let me tell you something. When I bought this book, in case y'all was wondering, by the time I ripped it out the package, I already read it. By the time it took me to get the book out of the package, I think it was longer than me actually reading the book. Now, some of y'all may think that's a negative, but in my humble opinion, I feel like Drake is one of the greatest rappers to ever grace a mic. Who knew that this man was the greatest at typing out bars in Times New Roman font? Some of the stuff he says in this book is timeless, which makes you disregard the short amount of time it takes you to get through it. As reading this book, it's one of those type of therapeutic moments where you're just laughing the entire way through. Because kind of like when I labeled Kendrick and Baby Keem, the hillbillies, a goofy goober type music video, like the one that um, Spongebob and Patrick in the, in the Spongebob Squarepants movie, when it was at the little milkshake place. I guess it was called the Goofy Goober or whatever, and it was just acting completely silly. That's exactly what this book is, just in written, just in Times New Roman font. Now, if you don't believe me, you know, of course, I had some points marked down in the book that I just thought was superior amongst the rest. And I've been reading the book, of course, throughout my reviews of the latest leaks for Drake, but now this is the official book review. From analytic dreams, so you should feel blessed to know that somebody bought this book so you don't have to anyway <laughs> anyways let's get to my favorite parts of this book because literally it's one line after one line well it's one liner after one liner throughout the entire book, which made this I, I think I literally i don't know I think it takes me longer to brush my teeth than it took for me to read this book SMH but anyways here are the best parts of this book for me she suffers from main character syndrome if you ask me I told her I'm going crazy she said without me Mm -mm -mm." let's keep going first of all I don't have time to go around telling every loser I come across I'm sorry for your loss now I know that sounds harsh but that's one of my favorite lines throughout the entire book I kid you not I looked at this and I was like "He's just like me <laughs> no it's fine now I'm just play. like sometimes you just get to a point in life that your circle kind of has to be striving or successful in something like I'm not saying that you can't hang out with people who don't have anything going for themselves but if they're not if they're not striving it's two things either you're striving for something or you're being successful in something Hopefully it makes sense. I don't know. I guess you can still strive and be successful. But you get what I'm saying. You have to have some type of drive and motivation. You can't just be out here in the world counting the days, you know? Like you're not in jail. Well, unless you are, then you know, free you, unless you like killed or you know, you know how that go. But um, yeah, man. Back to my original point. This is my favorite line throughout the entire book because sometimes you just don't have that the the, the wherewithal and the mental capacity to deal with somebody's grief and losses. It sounds harsh, but not everybody in the world is meant to be your pillow to talk to. Hopefully it makes sense. Anyways, so that was my favorite line and I have to read it again for y'all. First of all, I don't have time to go around telling every loser I come across, I'm sorry for your loss Uh -uh -uh. please don't try me I'm not that far down my spiritual journey and when I tell you this book is filled with just comedic one-liners this is just insane Uh, because he he goes on to say (laughs) imagine me shifting my focus from world domination to you this man, Drake, something else, man. He's something else. Alright, and then some of my other favorite uh lines in this book. Apple added edit text so you can resent what you really meant. Is that resentment? Oh my gosh. I do <laughs> All right, we we're just gonna stop right there, cause I mean, honestly, like this man is unserious throughout this entire book that takes you 1.5 seconds to read, and it's like a bunch of run- one liners throughout the en- throughout the entire book. It's like what what thought process do you go through to be like, hey, I know usually you put a bunch of words on one page, but let's just take a bunch of one liners. To put them on each page, like what? Like, what? What is the thought process for that? Obviously, he's a rapper, so I guess it makes some type of sense. As you kind, you kind of rap in one lines as at a time, you know. Like a verse is a compilation of lines put together for a story, right? I don't know. Maybe I'm tripping, but um, it makes sense in song format as far as written book format. I don't know if it makes as much sense. So, I would give this book a 5 out of 10. I'm not going to lie to you. I usually don't rate stuff, but because I am an avid reader, I do enjoy reading books that, that is uh, thought-provoking and pro- provide some type of therapeutic element. I will say that this book did that, but very short and in... And, and, time span like the time lapse was not long enough for me to give this book a higher review than five out of ten if it was longer it may have got a, sec- a seven but because i am an avid reader i decided to hold on let me look at my so i have these books over under my ps5 right now and, and some of my uh book suggestions would be if you really want like thought-provoking material that it'll take you longer than one one minute and, and and five seconds to read I would say the 48 laws of power which is you know the cliche everybody goes to that but it's really it's, it's a phenomenal book it's, it's 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 phenomenal and then you have let me see the obstacle is the way that's another book I've read that one's fantastic and then there's another one it's in the dark right now so i can't really see it hold up oh you have the uh, book by <laughs> it's ironic but uh the book by jay-z called decoded and if you want an artist to study in this hip-hop industry jay-z is one of the best to just put under a microscope and just survey and scan his every each and every move he makes throughout his career. He's kinda like LeBron. The way he came up was very unique from any other person that we've seen in this hip hop game. So but yeah, that's basically it, you know. Of course the Bible, of course. I mean if if that's what you believe in, I'm not trying to push that on you. That that's just another one of the things I saw under my uh bookcase. But anyways, yeah, that that's enough of my uh suggestions. So basically this book is uh it's very short man i enjoyed it for what it was um it's one of those you can definitely go back to just for laughs like that's literally it like you go back to just for laughs like i could literally open any point in this let me open up any point in this book right now and you'll just laugh at a l- one-liner like say you found the right relationship oh i think i already said that one oh, let me go to another one the stuff you'd be sa- oh no i think i said that one that's what I'm saying. This book is so short. It's kind of crazy. Mm-mm-mm. Beautiful weddings. Not so great marriages. I want a match made in heaven. Not a match made in Weston. Now that got to be a hotel. Because if it's not, then I'm completely confused. So anyways, click my link, in my bio. Let me know on one of my social medias. What did you think of my book review? from Aubrey Graham aka the goat aka Drake titles ruin everything have you read the book have you been thinking about buying it if you are thinking about buying it literally I'm pretty sure it's up on the internet somewhere I mean this book is so short that I probably just read like 80% of it just in my leak reviews and my book review itself so Yeah, definitely click my link tree in my bio. Let me know on one of my social medias. If you do plan on buying this book and if you've actually read it, what was your favorite line throughout the entire book? Sad day in history, man. Sad day in history as Halo Infinite, the notorious Microsoft flagship IP is seemingly coming to an end it seems like halo just can't get anything right nowadays as i feel like it peaked in popularity in 2017 well no in 2007 with halo 3 of course and then it peaked again in 2010 with Halo Reach. But ever since then, there's been a sad decline for Halo content and Halo players.
2: As I
1: come to you with disappointing and unfortunate news that Halo Infinite has lost 98 Percent of his player base, or right now for Halo Infinite, man. Halo Infinite went from over two hundred fifty thousand players online to just three thousand. SMH, man. SMH. Now I remember a time in my heyday when Halo was everything and for some people the only thing that they played especially around 2010 when halo reach came out because that was definitely my favorite game favorite halo game of all time i know a lot of people enjoy the halo 3 uh run with the whole trilogy but um for me i just felt like halo reach was the embodiment of what it meant to be what they what they call the uh was it a spartan yeah, the embodiment to be a Spartan. Just out there on the front lines getting destroyed because, I mean, you're stronger than the humans and you're fighting aliens. But at the end of the day, there's more aliens than there are Spartans. So Halo Reach was a nice representation of what happens when that is the case as you lost one after another, after another, after another. Everybody just was dropping like flies. And then at the end of the game, I mean, spoiler, if you haven't played, I mean, come on now. It's been like, like, come on now. But um, at the end of the game, you was the last soldier standing, and you just had to hold the line as a plethora of alien enemies was thrown at you. And then when you, at some point, lost your health bar, a cutscene played, And then that was the end of the game. Wasn't no beating the final boss. Wasn't no happy ending. You lost. And you had to deal with it. Which is why Halo Reach is one of my favorite games of all time. Which is uh, another reason why, you know, on the side tangent, Avengers Infinity War is one of my favorite game uh, movies of all time. Because I just like to twist that not everything is a happy ending. Obviously, that's a morbid type take. Well, is it a morbid take? I don't know a pessimistic type take probably but I just feel like when you get into storytelling it's always happy ending so whenever that one story goes from happy ending to sad ending I don't know it feels more appreciated because it's like switching up the status quo if that makes sense anyways um there's a lot of reasons why Halo Infinite lost its player base as 98% 98% decrease to a player count probably hurts everybody involved with making this game. 343 Three Four Three Industries has announced upcoming content updates. But because of its declining player base, I would assume in the midst of every company in the world, having the most massive layoffs we've ever seen in life 343 industries may not be the same team in the near in the uh, near few in the coming future say say in the near future and i just think it's, it's basically halo infinite was not a bad game a lot of people actually enjoyed halo infinite i mean for the sales it was not atrocious I mean 4.1 million compared to what they usually do it's not atrocious it's in sales a lot of people was liking it they were saying oh Halo's back but you know what ended it it was one the lack of content because at launch for some reason Halo Infinite was just missing a bunch of features that fans expected it was like a demo it, it like it felt like a demo of a game it's kind of like when street fighter 5 came out and everybody was like well where's this character or where's this mode or where's this like it just felt like it was just so much content missing that just made made friends fans frustrated that like you actually service this game as a full 70 dollar. like you, you service this game by adding a 70 dollar price tag nobody would have been mad if halo infinite was like um a live service for free you know uh like a fortnite but you had to pay for it and then the progression system was way too grindy i mean i i heard people who was sweating at the game and it was like oh you only unlocked like three or four uh three or four things i'm like what but you've been playing this since like two months i was like i was just baffled i was like ain't no way and then also the microtransactions was super heavy. Like, I don't know what three for three thought that uh, the average cons- consumer was going for it in the midst of, you uh, know, after the, um, in the aftermath of the pandemic. But not everybody has Benjamins to be throwing at microtransactions nowadays, which is why layoffs are even happening everywhere at every company. So for the microtransactions to be so, like, in your face and expensive is like, do y'all really care about the player base? I mean, for one, you released half of a game that didn't have all the features. Then the progression system, from what I've heard, because I didn't play the game. I was hearing this directly from people who played the game. They was like, yeah, man, I'm, I've been playing this for two months, and I've only unlocked this much when, in the previous Halo games, I would have unlocked way more. And I'm like, well, that sounds problematic. And then the microtransactions, to be the way it is, asking, exp- exp- like, Exorbitant amount of dollars for like a half baked game, and then 343 uh 343 industries just goes into hiding for no reason, like they'll just stop community, stop communicating with the hum- community for no reason. It's like, oh, we got future plans, and then they'll go away forever, and then you'll be like, oh, where's the future pr- plans, and then nobody can get in contact, um, with 343 about the game's development and future plans. I'm like, obviously this game had potential but unfortunately 343 industries went back to the old ways of just not being the industry that's not being the development studio i might add to handle a halo ip so i think what needs to happen is what marvel did when they took spider-man from activision and gave him to uh insomniac i think that needs to happen with the halo ip there needs to be a a changing of the guard as far as the development studio for halo i'm sorry to say it but you may have to get like who hold up i'm about to uh, research this before i make this point okay so I don't know how this works because this is a multi-platform game and the studio will have to just develop one platform but the developers for doom eternal um id software published by bethesda softworks some way somehow xbox has to make it work and giving the halo ip to id software and letting them make the next game because this is ridiculous like there's no reason why halo being as notorious as it is as being a xbox microsoft flagship gaming character it's almost like mario for nintendo not on the sales route of course but as far as just being a a popular figure uh halo is up there with some of the other console flagship um property like exclusive property so i think microsoft needs to take it to their hands and give it to an actual studio that's still putting out classics because if you didn't play doom eternal that game was beyond fire and everybody was like um this is what like we're well, not they're not saying like this is what halo should be but as far as the gunplay how the guns feel the mechanics like obviously you could put it in the, the realm of halo because you can't have some of the gore and violence that's in doom but having a veteran and established developing studio like id software you have to give them the halo ip i don't know how the i don't know what the inner workings are i don't know how the business works but you have to make it happen because halo has been treated bad for too long and if i was a master chief fan i would be raging at the fact that you had a good game in halo infinite that was half baked, meaning it didn't have nearly the amount of gaming mo uh game modes that, that it should have had and now in uh a result of that you've lost 98 percent of your player base so anyways click my link tree in my bio let me know on one of my social medias what do you think about four three four uh <laughs> i messed it up three four three industries just completely butchering halo infinite and do you think that my proposed idea of microsoft giving the halo ip to id software is a good move or if not what would you suggest to bring the halo brand back to life like they said in hunger games may the odds be forever in your favor because if you're an xbox player right now the times are starting to look no the future is starting to look brighter as the Microsoft acquisition of Activision, Activision. While it isn't 100% completed yet, it seems to be leaning towards Xbox's favor. As it's still pending, of course, and FT, the F, uh, the federal judge ruled against the FTC's attempt to delay the deal. But the acquisition is expected to happen as soon as this month. So I know that's huge news for all the Xbox players out there and uh, even PC players, because Xbox plays uh, nicer with the PC platforms than PlayStation does, of course but um shameless plug analytic dreams video on spotify is exclusive video for spotify and you can see how big of a deal this acquisition is xbox with the acquisition of activision will get overwatch diablo call of duty world of warcraft candy crush i mean everybody's played candy crush and starcraft so of course you can see why this is a big deal and why playstation is trying the hardest to complain about this deal so it doesn't go through playstation thought they was in the clear getting kratos spider-man and what was it the last of
2: us but in general
1: okay i had to put i had to push it right quick but in general microsoft is officially playing big bank takes little bank they've watched playstation get all these exclusives from well like i said spider-man and kratos and they was like hey we have more money than them speaking as microsoft compared to sony Forget the individual characters. Let's just buy the entire studio who makes these games. And guess what? Now, we're the big dogs. So the biggest thing about this merger is that people are saying it's a monopoly. Because this would, in fact, be the largest acquisition ever in gaming history. Like, ever. It will, give control, it will give Microsoft control over some of the biggest names to ever touch the video game landscape in Call of Duty, like I just said, Overwatch, World of Warcraft, and Candy Crush. And it will make Microsoft the third largest gaming company by revenue behind Tencent and Sony. And if you don't know, Microsoft makes the money not off of gaming but off of laptops and tech devices. I mean you could say the same with Sony but as far as Microsoft like they're really in the ecosystem I would say more than Sony as far as the tech goes. But now in the gaming space it seems like Microsoft has fell behind more than it wanted to as they kind of hinted towards when the downfall of Redfall happened, no pun intended, but they was like, Redfall was not supposed to be this bad. We will make up for it. And all the shareholders was like, hey, you better. So now what do they do? They go out and try to buy one of the biggest gaming companies and accomplish one of the biggest acquisitions in gaming history. Of course, this is not a hundred percent done deal. it is leaning more into Microsoft's favor, but that doesn't mean anything. We could always be throwing a curveball at any time throughout this acquisition, but for now, it does seem like Microsoft Microsoft will indeed acquire Activision. and if you don't think that this will impact the gaming industry in a way you've never seen before, like to put it in perspective one of the deals one of the uh, stipulations to the deal was uh call of duty couldn't be an exclusive to xbox for the foreseeable future or like as like um xbox couldn't just buy activision and make call of duty uh exclusive to xbox like they have to wait a little bit so i think that's one of the biggest things because the ftc is really attempting to delay this uh acquisition and The uh, main reason for that is they are arguing that the merger would reduce competition in the gaming industry. But the reason why I'm saying is leaning more in Microsoft favor is that the federal judge ruled that the FTC has not shown that the merger was likely to harm consumers. So FTC is like, hey, this is gonna ruin competition in the gaming industry. The federal judge is like hey prove it and they couldn't prove it so guess what it seems like xbox will indeed go through and accomplish one of the largest acquisitions in the history of the gaming industry so click my link tree in my bio let me know in one of my social medias what do you think about xbox in general now because i always joke that xbox has no games and i think they took that to heart and it was like guess what We have all the games now, exclusively on our platforms. So how do you feel about Xbox going out here, collecting different gaming developers like Infinity Stones? And do you think it will destroy or reduce the competition in the gaming industry? Or do you think it's fair compared to Sony and Nintendo? All you need to know is... The Writers Guild of America went on strike May 1st, 2023. And the Screen Actors Guild and the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists are also in negotiations and will go on strike if a deal is not met or reached by June 30th. Now, it's July 12th, and guess what? That has resulted in Marvel Studios dropping out of San Diego Comic-Con as strike by actors are still possible. Now, Warner Bros., of course, you know, trying to take the spotlight for themselves. I don't know how they're going to do it, but they're position to be attending Comic-Con along with DC's co-CEO, James Gunn, who is uh confirmed to a fan on instagram that he's going because everybody's like oh if marvel dropped out that means dc might drop out and then james gunn quickly came out on instagram he was like now i'm coming to comic-con and i'm gonna show y'all whatever they have to show over at dc like nobody nobody knows what they got shown like come on now but uh basically it's a big deal that marvel studios had decided to skip comic-con because it's one of those type of events that marvel literally is like the headliner so it's like a, if to put it in music terms for all my music uh, nerds out there, if a headliner, it's kind of like when Frank Ocean dropped out of Coachella. Was it Coachella? I forget what it was. And they had a scramble to try to get another headliner. Like you, you plan for this one headliner to just completely take over the show. And when that's gone, now you got to find the second best or try to replace them with something you think is as entertaining. So the reason why this is happening in the first place is basically because of the the writers guild of America strike and the screen actors guild strike. So this would mean that the actors would not be able to participate in panels at San Diego, San Diego Comic-Con, which is why I'm still speculating on if dc is able to have a a panel because if james gunn gets up there and the uh, strike is going on who is he going to bring out on the stage to include that excitement factor or that wow factor to the to presentation you know anyways um because this will make it difficult to promote any dc movie if the strike is going on but also Marvel Studios is not the only studio that's dropped out of San Diego Comic Con, as you know. With this being such a big deal, you can't just have actors popping up if they're on strike. So not only has Marvel pulled out, but Disney has pulled out, Lucas Films has pulled out, HBO, Netflix, Sony Pictures, Universal. So I'm like, how is DC, you know, about uh under Warner Bros. going to show up at at Comic Con? When all the actors are on strike. Like San Diego Comic-Con is basically going to be like what E3 was last year. All the giants are not showing up. So now you're going to get to the point where. What's the point in actually going to this convention? And that's ultimately what I wanted to touch on. Because it's a really big. Event happening right now in the Hollywood space. For the writers to go on strike, specifically because of the evolution of AI, like let's just be completely honest with it. You can type in, "Write me a movie about some, some, some," and Bard, or which is Google's AI, or you could go to Chat by GPT, which is uh, um, I forget whose AI that is. But basically, you could type in, "Write me a movie about whatever," and it will write you a whole movie with lines everything and it will actually sound compelling and all you have to do is just go in and just probably just add your own flair or tweak some things like everybody is using it nowadays so now for the the writers to go on strike they couldn't have possibly picked the worst time to go on strike but on the other hand they would probably tell you that this is the perfect time to go on strike because if they don't respect us over this evolution of AI then they would never respect us and it's kind of getting to the point where studios has came out and well these are always weird because even in the NBA space I don't like respect these reports whenever they're like anonymous source I'm like who's the anonymous source like your mom like (laughs) like come on now but apparently behind the scenes the studios have came out and said that they are going to wait until some of the people on the writers strike uh some of the people of the writers guild start losing their houses or card notes so basically they're, they're willing to wait it out until they run out of money and that's been the, the stance at disney uh, of course hbo netflix like a lot of stuff is being put on hold which if your favorite show is not on air it's probably because of this writer's strike it's a really huge deal in hollywood because i think people sometimes looks at it look at it from an entertainment standpoint which is no nothing wrong with that but for me being more of a behind the scenes person it's like your favorite shows are going off or are going on hiatus and you don't even know why and this is why like the 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 Writers Guild is officially on strike. It has been on strike since May first, twenty twenty three. It's almost like another pandemic is happening in Hollywood. The scarcity of writers is real because they're on strike. So um, I don't want to be the dead horse. I think y'all get the point at this. Uh, if y'all if y'all don't get the point by this point, then you know I guess I didn't do a good job explaining it. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, Marvel has dropped at a san diego comic-con along with another uh, along with a plethora of studios and um i'm not going to say the worst is yet to come but the way these studios are talking they're willing to to ride it out and see if the writers guild of america will actually hold strong in their strike because they are not they're not making any money currently I mean, uh, besides like freelance work, probably like, you know, they got to make some type of money. They probably got a nine to five or whatever. But they're willing to wait it out to see if the Writers Guild of America really is going to hold firm for what they want. And if you don't know what they want, it's uh, residuals for streaming, new forms of media and diversity. I would say it's not completely the same but it kind of correlates to when scarlett johansson sued disney over black widow going directly to not directly but going to uh streaming like a week or two after it was released at the movie theater because it was in her she said it wasn't in her contract for the streaming so it was like i'm suing y'all because how am i supposed to get money from something i'm in that's on another platform that wasn't in my contract so she sued him and guess what she actually won so i'm thinking the writers guild probably won't have that much i don't want to say they don't because i'm on their side but it seems like the evolution of ai can really i'm not going to say replace them that's kind of harsh but i don't know if the the manpower needed for a writing team is the same as it once was but i don't know i guess time will only tell so click my link tree my bio let me know one of my social medias do you think that the writers guild of america is going to eventually receive what they've been wanting and residuals for streaming and new forms of media or do you think that the, the uh the house, which in, in, in this scenario would be uh, Disney, HBO, Netflix, will ultimately end up winning this battle. Oh, and also, you know, do you think that Marvel Studios dropping out of San Diego Comic-Con was because of the writing strike or no? I don't expect any of these studios to have more than hundred to hundred and fifty people each. This was said by Interactive CEO Haben Abrock. I don't know if I said that right. Explains how he plans to avoid that vac- that factory filling as the Hitman developer opens its newest studio in Brig Brigton. I don't know if that's how you say. Said. Basically, what we're we'll really getting into for this segment is that post-pandemic the pandemic is still being felt now how does that make sense because the bottom line has been affected with the whole world going into shutdown in 2020 to 2021 to 2022 maybe basically the whole world went to shut down for a little bit nobody was making any money except for um what was a call necessity jobs it was like other it was another label they gave it basically the hospital jobs and stuff of course it was open but um in in result of that fast forward in 2023 a lot of gaming studios or a, a lot of game yeah a lot of gaming studios have decided to implement layoffs to cut costs amid the economic uncertainty, as Microsoft and these numbers may have, this is like a, 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 proxim, a, a approximately how much it is approximation. I don't know. Um, basically, this is a an average, an estimate. That's what that's the word I'm looking for. This is an estimate, so it may be more, may be less, but Microsoft. Has laid off 10,000 employees uh, in January 2023, including some of his gaming properties of 343 Industries, the Coalition, and Bethesda. EA has laid off 300 of its employees in March 2023, citing it needed to streamline its operations. Ubisoft laid off 1,500 of its employees in April 23. Uh, 23, April 2023 as part of a wider reconstruction plan. You know, the funniest thing looking at these layoffs is just the reasonings for all of them, because all of them are different, but they say the same thing. Basically, they're trying to cut costs, but the wording is so professionally worded as like streamline for need. We need to streamline our operations. No, we need a wider reconstruction plan how we we just need to shift our focus to new project hold up we just as part of our reconstructing plan no we we just you know we're just trying to uh cut costs amid economic uncertainty like why don't they just come out and say we ain't got the budget for y'all like nobody's gonna fault them for not having the budget at some of the biggest studios are laying off i mean espn literally laid off jalen rose and max kellerman like everybody's getting laid off who's big names in the industry so to say that you're trying to streamline or wider reconstructing or focus on new projects like just say what it is man we just cutting y'all because we ain't got the money we don't got the money for y'all and now y'all unemployed good luck like you just gotta say what it is, cause at this point, I think people looking at this and they just trying to come up with the most Illuminati, or uh, what uh, schemes, or just a bunch of just conspiracy theories and a bunch of conspiracy theorists coming out of the woodworks. Like, hey, if they would have sold, they sold, they would still have a job. Like, it's basically the bottom line, man. If, if you're an employer and you have a hundred dollars and you only made. $50 right but let's say now the you have to pay out $400 because of the production the staff you will cut, cut you will cut some people too I mean the highest the quickest way as it was put to me by a uh, shout out to Ish from the Joe Budden podcast you know he's like a realtor and stuff but the, the best way it was put to me is that the, the quickest way to cut expenses is by your workers your staff because that's the that's the easiest way to cut expense if that's how you say it So, anyways so that's what that's what you're saying but the way that they're coming out and wording it is is beyond hilarious because at the end of the day these are real people with well some of them maybe with uh kids um you know uh, partners and situations that they need to upkeep you know they have a certain way of living. That they have to upkeep and now they have to find a new job i'm i'm beyond um empathetic to those people because you got to put yourself in their shoes like if you lost your job and trying to upkeep a certain lifestyle that you used to upkeep it with this certain paycheck from this certain company and now it's not there no more but well, that's pretty nerve-wracking and that's probably gonna throw a wrench into the way you live life now so the way that these companies are coming out and they're talking about oh you know so many different excuses on why we're cutting costs like just say what it is man like pandemic happened we're, we don't have the money we once did to just give out so now we got to cut something out like it happens all the time i just love the wording because they make it seem like oh we're shifting to focus on new projects like no you're not making enough money to keep this uh amount of workers on your payload. So anyways. And they say that the lay the layoffs in the gaming industry is um is 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 worrying if that's the way you say it. But they say overall the gaming industry is still growing. Of course, like I just said, the biggest reason for this is one, the pandemic, but we can't blame everything on the pandemic. So I have to give other reasons. But the rise of streaming services, which makes uh, the physical game sales decline, which puts a, uh, puts a lot of pressure on the bottom line for a lot of gaming companies. And uh, what else? Uh, the cost of game development has went up. That's one thing about being a gamer. People complain about games not working, but they have a PS4. People complain about games not working, but they got a PC made in 2013 like if you don't have the up-to-date software same as you like nobody complains about the iphone one not being able to run the latest software like but only in gaming can we not comprehend our set software not being up-to-date enough to run a certain game but anyway that's besides the point so cost of game development has went up but the uh, the cost of games hasn't went up that much so basically development compared to the got the cost of a game Is it's very uneven. Now I'm a gamer, so I'm never gonna say, Oh, they should just raise the price because I don't wanna see that happen. But there's a reason we went from sixty dollars being the norm to seventy dollars. And back in the day, games used to just be priced whatever, but it's just a a status quo set by I forget who set the status quo, but then everybody was just like, Oh, okay, well, regular triple A games are sixty dollars, so I don't know why. But back in the day it used to be just like random prices for whatever game. Um and yeah so that's basically it so uh that, that's the biggest reasons i could give you know because you can't blame everything on the pandemic obviously this stuff changing that's besides the pandemic but um that's the factors i could give and the, the um i honestly can't give no um solution to it like it's a it's one of those like wait and see type of things because um gaming industry is still surging you know it's still a, a great industry to be in but Studios can't have the workload they they once had as far as workers to pay. So uh, we'll see if that changes in the forthcoming future, but uh, only time will tell. So anyways, uh, click my link tree in my bio. Let me know on one of my social medias. What do you think about just all of these layoffs in the gaming industry? And do you think that with the amount of layoffs we're seeing, do you think it's because of the decline of gaming in general or is it simply because of the pandemic now how am i supposed to cover something and i don't even speak the language let me tell y'all something i understand that the world is filled with a lot of cultures with a lot of different ethnicities with a lot of different backgrounds and upbringings One thing at the Notorious Mass Effect is I'm a cover the popular artist, you know, as far as like in the hip hop space. But one thing that's that's very difficult for me to do is cover words that are in another language because I hate to break it to y'all, but I'm not bilingual. So guess what? I took it upon myself to find somebody that is so we have all this broken down if you don't know what I have up on the screen right now first off for this segment specifically follow analytic dreams video on Spotify the video version is only on Spotify so that's why I say that so analytic dreams video all right now that we got that out the way basically 6 9 and annual have been beefing for quite some time now it's been like several years um it just escalated just like two weeks ago um basically this beef started in 2018 um if you don't know Six 69 and nul was under the same record label 100 entertainment however the feud took off in 2022 i would say when Six Nine released a diss track called trolls which was widely seen as a diss to nul now i had no idea it was a track uh, it was a diss track to him but Apparently it was as the fan base would definitely let you know. Oh, no, he was talking. He was talking about like little Dirk fans do this all the time. Oh, this line from this song is, uh, directly correlated to this, um, incident at this place. I'm like, okay, you, you won. I I believe you. It's a diss track towards that specific person. But this beef between six, nine and annual has been fueled simply because i have no idea i honestly have no idea like why are these people beefing but that's basically what this video is for so they went back and forth um apparently it's because six nine is like poking at him had his baby mom kid it's a lot of drama but the reason i'm covering this is simply for the fact that i feel like there's a whole demographic that you know probably needs a little bit more shine as far as the uh, latin community if that's the way you say it because in general i've reviewed peso pluma and people seem to be very very receptive to that as far as on that uh side and so i want to give them content for something that they will enjoy and something that they grow up on as far as annual i'm not saying they grow up on six nine i'm just saying as far as the latin artists are concerned it's like peso there's annual uh it's probably t- I'm probably completely butchering the ethnicities are probably different, but as far as the, the um, demographic and the background that enjoys this type of content, it's correlated to the um to the numbers I'm seeing. Come back to me as far as like after I review something. So basically, I'm reviewing this beef for y'all. So hopefully y'all enjoyed this, but this is gonna be the arrogant no, not the arrogant, the ignorant American review of the 6ix9ine annual uh, review because I don't know what these people are saying. So guess what? I went, uh, like I just said, uh, and did my journalist integrity or journalist due diligence and pulled up 6 nine's best friend, academics, to have somebody come on stream and break down why in the world are these two beefing.
3: Yeah, he typed a lot. He typed the whole story. I have no idea. I haven't even been keeping up with this beef. I had no idea this was, like, a thing going on right now. But, all right, I'm going to read it right now, okay? Okay, good. All right, so hasta pedofilio saliste. So that you came out as a pedophile uh, and a rat. Um, and you accepted the um that you were culpable of it. So, like, that he accepted it and he admitted to it. Uh, and that you're a rat. Calling me a rat is crazy. This world needs to finish or something that he can't believe it. And he says te preso. So he's, he's saying that I, I try to offer you help a million times and you wouldn't listen. Te lo dije que los que te robaron fueron ellos mismos. So he basically knows about who robbed or jumped 6ix9ine apparently. So, uh, yeah, So I don't know what that oh, really? might be in reference to. I don't know if that's, yeah, I don't know if that's to the people who jumped him at LA Fitness or a yeah. whole other situation I gotta, that I got no idea about. I
4: got
1: to imagine that's what it is. Oh, that's interesting. Okay.
3: Yeah. Okay, let's see. Uh, y que yo lo So that he knows who did it. I think he's saying that he knows he did it and they, that 6 9 is nervous. Hmm. And that you try to do it your own way, and look at what happened. Caronte videos con mi música los últimos años, y tratas de hablar como yo las canciones. He tries to act like him, and he's basically saying like you, you used to jack me, and you used to like like uh, back me up like crazy, like dick ride me. Now you like trying to go against me. Mm. Well, wow. Yeah. Uh So basically like you Like if you fucking my bitch you must want to be me Basically is what he's telling him Ooh. Yeah So like You say you say that you know my mom's Because I think he posted a picture of like Him hugging somebody that's his Mom or something I don't know but he's like you don't know my mom Or anything you don't know shit about me Oh really Yeah yeah. Diciendo que yo no pago inf- infeliz que la madre de tu hijo están todos lados.
1: Uh. The funny thing about this whole beef is that the way that Takashi code switch from talking all gangster and using the gangster lingo and the dialect to going to straight Spanish and like talking his stuff in the sp- like obviously we knew he we he knew Spanish, but like just to see the code switching from Takashi69, from the gangster element to him just completely switching up the way he talks, but having that same energy and aggression towards his competitors or his quote unquote enemies is insane.
3: Let's see. Oh, and he's talking about that he's abandoned his daughter too. So he's saying, like, uh, hang on, let's see. Oh, oh, that um, that six, that six nine is trying to claim that he doesn't take care of his kids, but it, but he's like, why are you telling me this when like you got a whole child and you don't even claim them? I don't see you post pictures with them or anything. So why the hell are you trying to like yeah. pretend that you're so charitable and that like you don't have like a happy family life? Because like I think even six nine's baby mom's like still try to come after him, right? Even not to this day, but nobody like.
4: Yeah yeah
3: she, she definitely yeah. broke his fuck right? Sarah, right? Yeah, yeah yeah yeah. Okay, so he's referencing the 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 um the, uh what was that charge? It was like it, it wasn't sexual assault, but it was like Something with a minor or something, right? Oh, Back in yeah, 2015, the so right before Is,
4: is sexual misconduct?
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sexual misconduct with a minor, right? Yeah. Uh, ¿con qué cara tú hablas? Yeah. So, who the fuck do you think you're talking to, basically? Uh and In 2015, también tenías otro caso de los vídeos, so that he had another case with a pornographic oh pornographic video with a 13 year old. Okay, I don't know about that. ¿Con qué cara tú hablas de mí? So like. Who do you think you're talking to with that, uh, with that face?
4: Holy shit. Okay, all right. All right, bet. So then he says this.
2: Okay.
1: I love the pause. Academics is like, then he says this. Like, he's trying to give the intermission to the translator. He's like, bro, I don't know what that's saying. So now we transition and what does it say?
4: Yo, and St. Pablo, I appreciate you too for translating, bro. Uh, it's of clock course, out here. Yo.
3: Yo, in... Facts. Yo, I've been trying to get on stream for a minute for like commentary and shit. Like, hey, yo, yo, we've like, been telling I just, you. Know, All right, a... I think that's it. Let me see.
1: Act, I'm an OG. I think pro- that's.
4: translator
3: Yo, I swear. In support of 6ix9ine? 9 right, let's see. Los que están a... All right,
1: here you go. He goes back yeah. to translating it.
3: I just know. I just know they talking
4: about each other. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Right, okay. Okay.
3: All right. Let's see. Los que están apoyando a este individuo y dejándose manipular la mente. Oh, so anybody who's who's in support of six nine, y'all need to open your eyes up and like this man's a fraud.
2: Mm.
3: Yeah. That uh that this guy is actually like sexual predator, child predator, and you're, like, jacking him, like, I can't be seen with you, my so take my name out your mouth, like you're actually just a shitty person, like, you're very miserable, and don't use my name for promo, oh, shit, damn,
4: yeah, oh, shit, all right, damn,
1: all right and then that's it so that's the breakdown of the six nine annual beef uh hopefully that you know translator i brought in via academic stream (laughs) hopefully that helped because i ain't gonna lie to you i had no idea what they was talking about like at 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 one point i was just like hey hey bro hey they beef they beef man they they can stay on that side but it's so popular and then you know you get like comments like oh why you don't comment on this side like i literally like I, i really appreciate the people who um who uh, supported the Peso Pluma segments because y'all really showed me, like, hey, there's a lot of y'all who, like, enjoy that type of uh, the Latin music space. So, like, uh, just get more, like, news in that direction. I try my best. Like I said, I even went the extra mile, I guess, to bring a translator in uh, via academic. So it was, like, hopefully that, that brought more insight into the 6 9 and then you will, Beef. But at the end of the day, what I do want to say is life is too short. To be beefing, and every confrontation, every enemy you make through life is probably just a miscommunication, because it's uh, unless there's death to your family or your first family, I don't know, it's it's not that serious. So yeah, um, that's my words of advice, I guess. But, you know, of course, the Takashi, you know, it probably goes in one ear and out the other. I saw Charlemagne. Takashi was on the Breakfast Club. And this man was getting the most priceless advice from Charlemagne and still went on to do all the crazy stuff he did. So, you know, I I guess, you know, sometimes he just, it's just natural selection at his finest so anyways click my link tree in my bio let me know on one of my social medias what do you think of my breakdown of the six nine and annual beef do you think i did a good job this is like actual feedback i want from like my latin demographic because i do want to cover more stuff like this but obviously i don't speak the language so if i'm able To translate it in English and also give y'all the content which I think is appealing. Then I'm going to keep trying to do that. So hopefully y'all enjoyed the segment. And specifically for y'all. Click my link tree in my bio. Message me on one of my social medias. I definitely do respond. I'm not that, you know, I'm not at the point where I'm just getting thousands of them. But I definitely do respond to everyone. Uh, Let me know what was your favorite part of the segment. And what do you think I could improve on? It is time to get into the GOAT, aka, champagne, aka, last name greatest, first name ever, I don't even think they say it, last name ever, first name greatest, completely messed that up, but you know, I still keep my OVO card, because of what we're about to talk about, so basically, Drake is on a tour, on the tour, Titled It's All a Blur. And it's co-headlined by Drake and 21 Savage. Really, is Drake and 21 Savage sprinkled throughout? Well, not throughout, but like at the end. Because if you look at the track list, Drake comes on stage, gives us his greatest hits. I mean, his greatest hits. And then 21 comes on on the stage and he performs some of his songs. And then him and Drake perform some of the songs off her loss. And then Drake ends it off with uh, Legend, which is one of my favorite Drake songs of all time. But that's not the interesting factor of this tour. The interesting factor is that this man is dissing any and everybody on this tour. And when I say everybody, I mean even Childish Gambino caught astray. So shameless plug, make sure to follow analytic dreams video to see the video elements of this review well it's not a review but of this segment as we're going to be not playing but i'm gonna be showcasing a lot of the stuff i get into so as far as the childish gambino disc i have it up right now and it's not like i can't play it because it's like actual drake music in the background i'm not trying to get taken down by umg again so uh <laughs> um i'm just gonna put up the picture and basically through the bottom of his of his uh what's this stuff called the uh, the jumbotron let's just call it that it reads it's like a banner going across and it says um this is america by childish gambino is completely over awarded <laughs> which is like the funniest thing ever because drake has all the awards imaginable so for him to be saying something is over awarded it's very ironic but Here it is. Drake is going at Gambino for some reason. Uh, I think it's because Gambino came out on an interview for no reason. Just just unprovoked. And basically stated that uh, This Is America was originally a Drake disc. Which, who wouldn't know? Who would have thought? Like, who would have knew? If it wasn't for Childish coming out himself and acting Childish and saying that it was a, it started out as a Drake disc, but it was like, oh, this is too fire. So he just made it into a, a regular song. But, anyways, that's besides the point. The tour kicked off uh, July 5th in Chicago, Illinois, and will end on October 9th, 2023. Just in time for me to shift my focus towards the greatest game of all time that will be coming out called Spider Man 2. But anyway, that's you know just a side tangent. But um, so tickets are out for the uh, tours on sale now. If you want to pay a thousand to two thousand dollars to see Drake, you know fifty thousand feet in the air, or not not fifty thousand that's a lot. But you know basically to be on the floor to see Drake perform live, you know you could pay that much. Me as an avid Drake stan, I would very much prefer if I was to be gifted if 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 there was some miraculous way that I could be gifted tickets to see the, the GOAT on tour. I don't know how that would happen. Maybe somebody from his team could hear this and know that I'm the biggest Drake fan ever. I know, I'm, not, I'm pretty sure everybody says that. But, you know, in general, I know I'm not probably not the biggest. But, you know, I think I'm up there as far as Drake stands. If you've listened to the uh, majority of my podcast segments, as I always proclaim that this man is the GOAT of hip-hop i mean literally see what happens when this man doesn't drop we haven't had a number one since uzi pink tape and that was the first one so you know when drake doesn't drop hip-hop is the downfall and all the country and pop artists just take over shout out to morgan wallen and uh, taylor swift but more specifically i wanted to get into a lot of the different intricacies of the tour so basically if you look at if you turn with me um don't forget analytic dreams video to see the video element but uh, everybody is just enamored and i mean just straight flabbergasted on how drake could have a hologram pass a physical book to himself while on stage And everybody was just like, wow, this is... I've never seen nothing like this. This is the greatest thing ever. Is this man a magician? Is Drake the second coming of Doctor Strange? Maybe the DR stands for something. No, I'm just playing. But anyway, specifically, I mean, more um, on a serious note, it was really just a lookalike of himself, of his younger self on tour, not a hologram, which, you know, in 2023, I would not think I would have to explain that, but here we are hmm. so anyways um yeah he has a look of his younger se- self on tour and on the jumbotron they have some type of uh, face um technology where they can shift his face to look like his younger self so it's a person who looks like him along with face transforming technology so on the jumbotron it actually looks like drake's younger self so it's not a hologram it's a real person I'm pretty sure that real person is like going on Drake's tour wherever he goes, which is probably like a dream job in itself. He's probably getting paid, of course. And um, I think that that's pretty uh, interesting, as a lot of people thought it was a hologram when it was a live act, like it was an actual person. So I just know his social media is just probably like, man, it's not playing. That's not you. That's a hologram. And the whole time he's like, no, nah, man, bro, trust me. I, I swear, it's me. It's I'm up on I'm up on stage with Drake. But you know, people just probably don't believe him so this is what the person looks like let me see if i can pull it up uh this is what the person looks like uh this is the this is the younger person that a lot of people are saying that's that's a hologram so right here you know you can already debunk the the myth that it's a hologram It's the actual person um uh there he is you know in, in the flesh i guess and uh hopefully he gets more publicity as if I was a, a real life person out there on straight, on stage with Drake I would not I would not want people to think it was a hologram I need you all to clout me up and know that I'm on stage with Drake so shout out to him and uh his uh acting due diligence I guess to make everybody think it was a hologram but also uh in other news Drake was also fine <laughs> you know Drake's always gonna find himself in some trouble right and so on stage, while he was on stage at, in Detroit, of all places, and, you know, no disrespect to Detroit, but you know, let's just keep it a book uh, for Drake to be paying two hundred and thirty thousand dollars for staying past curfew because, like he said, he was he was uh, fined. <laughs> somebody say he was fined twenty three dollars. I don't think that's how it works. I mean, I know Drake has a lot of money, but I'm pretty sure two hundred thirty thousand dollars is still a lot to Drake. But anyways, that's besides the point. So, um. Yeah, Drake was on was on stage and he uh, arrived late, I believe. No, no, not. A, let me get the real details. So let me see, Drake, Detroit tour.
2: Fine.
1: I literally spelled four F O U R. Y'all gotta pray for me, but anyways, <laughs> so yeah, Drake was fined two hundred thirty thousand for staying past curfew at uh Detroit on July eighth, and it's is simply because the city fined Drake ten thousand dollars for every minute he went past curfew. So you can do the math. That's how long he stayed. He stayed like 20, uh, 23 minutes past curfew, I believe. I don't know if that's a correct math, but yeah, I get what I'm saying. So anyways, um. He basically addressed the, the crowd during the concert, telling the crowd that he didn't care about the money, of course, because he's Drake. And he said, it's 10000 a minute to stay in this building past curfew. Because if you don't know, you know, buildings have uh, stipulations put in place to where they have curfew. Because, you know, it's I don't know, it's, it's like a safety reason or whatever. So he had to get off stage. He didn't. He stayed past curfew. So he had, he had to pay 10000 a minute to stay in the building. But he said he didn't give an expletive. We're doing this whole song. Let's go. So, um, so, of course, some people um, criticized Drake for being irresponsible. Others were saying, oh, Drake was just put on a good show. For me personally, if I was a person uh, viewing Drake in Detroit, I would just felt like this is this is currently like whatever favorite artist I had in my mind at that time. It would completely turn to Drake because here he is on stage completely unprovoked paying two hundred thirty thousand to give y'all a show like that's just for me. I don't know. As a fan, I would have been like completely devastated if he would just be like, "Up, oh, that's my time," and walked off. Cuz apparently, um it had a it started later because of something with traffic or whatever. So it started later and uh the lines was like by the time it was supposed to start, the lines were still like clogged up and people couldn't even get into the arena. So that's why I stayed like it wasn't like Drake showed up late, but um you know, there you go, you know, uh, the more you know, I guess. And then also what else oh yeah okay so Drake's not the first person to get fined for staying past tour i mean even justin bieber was fined seventy five thousand for staying uh past curfew during his concert at little caesar's arena so you know it happens all the time sometimes artists take it upon themselves to pay the fine and they're just like hey i'm gonna give you a good show no matter what the cost so basically um in other news if you don't know drake's talking about or thinking about putting out an upcoming album titled for all the dogs I don't know if he's gonna put it out anytime soon because if you don't know there's this little artist who uh is pretty popular nowadays I don't know if you've heard of her but um Taylor Swift she just released uh, Taylor's version of an old album and sold 700,000 first week let's just say she's gonna have the first week locked up as far as number one for at least the coming couple months so i don't think drake's gonna put out an album anytime soon because i think you know drake is a competitive guy and he's not gonna want to come number two to nobody so i think he's gonna wait to put out this album but we have heard more tidbits about the album apparently big sean is on it on a song called like 412 that was leaked already you can listen to it on soundcloud also a uh, shameless plug already uh reviewed it um by the time this episode comes out I don't know if the individual review will come out but basically you can find it on SoundCloud you know don't ask me how I know just know that I know so <laughs> so anyways uh Drake has revealed himself that Nicki Minaj will be featured on the upcoming album and this will be the first time that they've collaborated since his album that was released nine years ago now I guess people aren't taking into account that Nicki Minaj was on Poppy's Home. I think that's how it's called. Poppy's Home? Yeah. On Certified Lover Boy, there's this track called Poppy's Home, which is like the second intro for the album. And Nicki Minaj is basically... I mean, she's speaking on a track, so I would think that's a feature. I mean, even though she's not rapping, of course. But, she, I mean, she's on the... So she's been on a Drake project. Like, it's not like they've hated each other. It's just, you know, they, they're they two respective superstars. The schedules probably don't... uh a line too often, you know. But anyways, she was on a uh, certified lover boy and she was she was basically saying don't make me have to uh Drake's like don't make me have to get your mama to talk to you and then Nicki Minaj comes on the track and she's like, Yeah, cause you know if he get your uh his mama to come out, you know I'm gonna have to bring that exhibit of switch out. Basically she gonna give you a whooping, you know, just because I had to put you know it's like a I'm not gonna say it's only a black term, but just know in a black community when your mother goes to get a switch you probably did something wrong so anyways that's besides the point uh in other news we have uh drake and little yachty for some reason still interacting with one another and i say for some reason because this is what we've this is what we've received man this is what we received i can't believe this man just i, I just I, I, i'm not gonna lie to you man let me look up, okay this picture don't do it justice uh uh, this picture does not do it justice, man. I got I to pull it up. You know, at first, you know, I am partly colorblind for y'all who don't know. And um, I just think that, like, I think in general, I, I, for the first time in history in my lifetime, I went fully colorblind. Like, I just went fully colorblind. Like, it was just to the point where I could not see what my goat actually did. And it was unfortunate because it was like obvious for it was just it was just right in my face pause but i still could not see it for what it was i'm trying to see if i could find it i don't know if i could find it i think drake made it just yeah drake drake probably just scrubbed it from the internet uh i think it's on his instagram let me see if i can find it let me just go to his instagram i was trying to look it up on uh google but it's not really helping me uh let me see okay i don't know if it's still up let's go to academics i know he's still got it you know i do call myself a a drake stan but another drake stan that i completely uh respect is academics uh so let me see let me see if he has it Ah, here we go. Okay. But where is the picture? No way that he took it off his timeline. There's no way. Drake took it down, so the academics must have took it down, too. Because I am not seeing it.
2: Ah, here we go. Cool. All right, so y'all can see
1: it. And, um... unfortunate man it's unfortunate but um i mean it's nothing wrong with it i guess you know it's it's like if somebody wants to paint their nails you know let them do what they want to their body you know it's their body at the end of the day you know it's just for me my goat being in hip-hop which is a very um you know i, I say it's, it's, it's a lot of hypocrisy when it comes to hip-hop and um one of the things is um the style choice compared to the lyrics they rap. Let's just say that. And so when I looked at Drake's nails, I'm not saying it's a bad thing or whatever. It's just very off-putting because of the, the bars that he gives us on a, on a daily basis. Well, not daily, but you get what I'm saying. Like Drake will say certain stuff that you would think is in the I don't even know how to put it the nail polish does not correlate with the lyrics that he gives us on a hip-hop album hopefully it makes sense it's kind of like when young thug of all people dressed up in a dress on his album cover titled jeffrey they come to find out not only was ysl allegedly a gang but he was the ringleader so, the same way that Young Thug being an address on Jeffrey does not correlate to him being the ringleader of the gang YSL, it's the same thoughts I have with Drake wearing nail polish and his lyrics that he gives us on each and every album. Now, a lot of people would probably say, What do you mean? Her loss literally had Drake saying, 21, can you do something for me? And the memes that followed was beyond hilarious i would play it but it probably has the music in the background and i'm not trying to get taken down so of course when discussing this with uh shout out isolated vibes um make sure to follow that account on tiktok if you want to follow it just go to my just click my link tree in my bio go to my tiktok is the only person i'm following uh just do uh, just type or type in isolated vibes on tiktok But basically, we was going back and forth. I was just talking about the different lengths that artists go to to promote the music. And I brought up Uzi, you know, going to the whole devil worshiping um, marketing tactic. I mean, we saw, what what was his name? Sam Smith on the Grammys Award, basically worshiping the devil while he was performing. Um, We see it all the time, you know, the upside down cross, all that blasphemous stuff that they try to just promote as art and oh I'm just misunderstood and no you're, you're devil worshiping <laughs> which you know I don't you know whatever religion you, you you know you believe in you know more kudos to you but for me that's just that's just why I draw the line like no marketing strategy should ever be like oh just start devil worshiping like that's just the last straw for me and I not correlated that but i kind of attributed that type of thinking to drake wearing his nail polish obviously this was to put more promotion on his tour his book which i'm glad you asked even though you didn't i actually bought and if you want to know titles ruin everything a stream of consciousness by arby Graham is out now on all platforms well whatever platform you get books from but uh anyways so I think he's just promoting a plethora of things which is why he's doing this nail polish uh publicity stunt I don't think he actually likes or enjoys well actually I don't know what he likes or enjoys let's just say that he does enjoy it I feel like this is specifically to promote his book his tour and his upcoming album I do not think it's anything more or is anything less than that um and the reason why I bring up the devil worshiping stuff that Sam Smith and Little Uzi vert, rever, uh, reverts to as far as uh, marketing strategies is because there's more extreme lengths that Drake could go to promote his uh, products. Let's just say that. That bunny notoriously was on stage kissing a dude. Um, Lil Nas X. I'm not calling these like publicity stunts like they don't believe it. I'm just saying. When you do those type of things, you get a certain level of engagement from a certain demographic, which is not good or which is not like a bad thing. It's just like something I'm pointing out. But, yeah, I turned colorblind, man. I, I did I did not see because even if you look at that picture right now, like if you look at, uh, you know, Shameless Plug, Analytic Dreams uh, video to see the video elements. But if you look at the nails right now, it's it's kind of uh I'm not gonna say nude but you can't really tell his nails are painted unless you look like very close but his nails are painted nonetheless so of course i attribute this also to little yachty because if you don't know he's been hanging out with little yachty uh little yachty was very influential in the her lost album uh came off of some of the tracks for the ad libs which you know being an artist nowadays just being uh what's the word being called upon just to give ad-libs has to be completely demoralizing as a rapper but anyway that's besides the point so uh Lil Yachty has been around Drake of course and so this is probably one of the things that a lot of fans Drake fans like myself are contributing to a Lil Yachty influence no pun intended so Yachty commented knowing that his fans was killing him uh saying that man this expletive weird AF smh you well he's talking okay so he's talking about the nail polish in the picture that drake put out right now on the screen so drake's uh little yachty said man this exit of weird af smh you used to be our hero drake you let that boy yachty get to you exclamation point side eye emoji Mm-mm-mm. somebody had to say it because i've been saying it and and i'm glad it, i'm glad uh yachty finally sees it because the influence that Yachty has over Drake needs to be studied in, in textbooks because this is ridiculous. So, uh, Drake also has some, uh, some very, let's just say, um, I don't know, I thought the earrings was nice, but I guess it was big or whatever. So, Yachty so, uh, went on to comment about this too, as you can also see in this slide right here. Yachty said, boy got them heavy hangers in his ear pause which champagne i'm not saying another word because that's a pause basically drake responded saying little yachty get out my comments you told me to paint my nails so i stopped biting them and now the world is being homophobic for the first time since rich flex which wasn't that long ago now that i think about it wait is the world homophobic? Question mark? S M H. Period. Which Yachty responded to that comment saying, Woo Sa, brother. You're not supposed to have these episodes in public. It's fine. They just don't get you, bro. Hashtag you different. AF. Two exclamation points. Now, while this interaction may warm some people's hearts, for me, downright disgusting. If Drake don't get a better influence than Yachty, then the best Drake music may officially be behind us. As we don't know, Drake notoriously gets uh, inspired from beefs, which is why he's going at uh, Childish Gambino, which is why he's uh, going at Drake, which I'm gonna cover in the uh, in the next segment but um the biggest thing with Drake is that he really fuels off of, he fuels himself off competition which any hip-hop artist should right because as far as music genre goes I would say hip-hop is the football of the genres like if like pop is probably like basketball uh I don't know Latin music is probably like I don't know soccer I'm not trying to be racist but you know I, I don't know but basically as far as a full context sport correlation with music hip-hop is the most contact genre in music notorious b.i.g and tupac jay-z and Nas, suge knight and everybody ice cube and nwa big sean and kendrick lamar i mean from the beginning of time nick minaj and cardi b i mean i could keep going like Nicki Minaj and... um, Ah, so disrespectful. I forget her name. Oh, Remy Ma. I'm sorry. I I swear I'm not trying to be funny. I forgot her name for a second. But Nicki Minaj and Remy Ma. Like, hip-hop is a contact sport that will forever be implemented every step of the way. Now, should it be like that? I would say yes, musically. But some beefs, like I just named and stated when more off the rails than others let's just leave it at that so i think that since drake hasn't had anybody to spar against which he's definitely searching for on this tour i mean he called out childish he kind of called out taylor swift he put out a picture of a lookalike of her which was really like a jab because every time it seems like every time drake is about to drop let me look this up taylor swift drops And I'm trying to look this up to make sure I'm not just making a random point. Because I believe for the past two to three years, Taylor Swift has specifically went out her way to drop on the same day that uh, Drake has released. Uh, Let me see.
2: Out their career. I'm getting somewhere with this point. All right, here we go. So basically,
1: um, because Drake has released obviously more albums than Taylor Swift, but Taylor Swift albums have been more commercially successful. So who can Drake compete with now that he's head and heels above everybody in hip hop, the popular artists, the pop artists, um, Taylor Swift, Adele, uh, Morgan Wallen, now that I see him and his sales, his sales are out through the roof. But when you look at the totality of Drake's sales, I mean, other than Eminem, who's not um as impactful in culture now than he used to be obviously he still sales but it's from his previous fan base which is just ginormous but as far as the modern day culture i would not say that anybody's like hey man turn that m&m on when they with their friends going to the club you know it's not it's not that type of impact but as far as sales drake is still competing with Eminem. um so putting him to the side he really only has popular artists now like pop artists to compete with when we're coming into the modern generation so taylor swift is one of those that, that has always outperformed drake and um i think he noticed that and he pokes fun a little bit at taylor swift which taylor swift is taking upon herself to drop whenever drake drops which with uh, her loss uh, taylor swift put out a project a re-release of, a, of an album around that time and it wasn't even like a album album it was literally a deluxe edition that she could have dropped at any time but she waited if you look if you look up when her loss was supposed to re- be released that's when taylor swift dropped her deluxe edition to her re-release album and so Drake of 21 savage pushed it back and they dropped on the on the next the uh the uh, the following weekend and they ended up getting that number one spot that number one spot is very important to drake because only drake little uzi and nikki no no no, not nikki uh drake little uzi somebody else maybe kendrick i forget they've only um been the artist to to go number one every time they drop an album as far as the first week sales are concerned so anyways I say that to say this Drake's running out of sparring partners he doesn't know who to go at so now he's resulted resulted to a different marketing tactic because if you don't know when uh Drake put out certified Lover boy you will be hard pressed to find anybody that will say that the beef with Kanye West did not help out his sales obviously it helped out Kanye's too but the beef always helps sales always in hip-hop like always so i think drake instead of finding somebody else else to beef with he's resulting to different tactics which is painting his nails for full circle moment hopefully you was with me the entire way but that is why i believe drake is doing this so anyways that's basically all i had for the tour um i think i covered everything i wanted to cover uh yeah so basically drake is on tour um obviously his tour is going phenomenal uh people keep throwing stuff that's another thing taylor swift's getting stuff thrown at her uh drake's getting stuff thrown at him on stage like uh it's very dangerous like artists get stuff thrown at him all the time but i never realized how dangerous it actually was like if a random fan in a crowd was just to throw a phone and it and it hit an artist directly in the head, like that's serious, like damage that you could do to that artist. And what are they going to do? Sue you? Like not to be disrespectful, but if you don't have anything for them to sue, then it's like, what do they do at that point? You know? Um, but yeah, so that's, that's what I wanted to end off on. Like, The etiquette for going to concerts needs to be a little bit more strict as, um, you should not be throwing stuff on stage. Like, I don't care what it is. Like, it's like throwing stuff on stage could be seen as a lighthearted joke, unless it's a hard object, then you may need to be put in jail. I ain't gonna lie to you because that's a soul at that point. Like if it hits the artist, you could do irreversible damage depending on where it hits the artist. So not trying to be... To, uh i'm not trying to be a debbie downer but just showing you like that stuff is real like these artists out here performing their hearts out and you throwing a whole phone at their head you know what i mean anyways so click my link tree in my bio let me know one of my social medias what do you think about drake being on that's it's uh let me find the title again what do you think about drake and him being on his tour titled It's all a blur and since it's going from July 5th to October 9th, will you be getting tickets to one of the 56 cities across the United States and Canada that Drake will be at? If you're familiar with the podcast, you would know that I consistently call Drake my goat as far as hip hop is concerned. But if you ask my top five rappers. Drake barely makes the list because as far as rapping and lyricism goes, I believe there are artists that are just in every way superior when it comes to lyrical wordplay and double and triple entendres while also implementing a meaning. That's just timeless, a timeless quotable that you can go back to and glean from it and use it in your everyday livelihood. So Kendrick Lamar is also one of those artists who I think is just one of the greatest, I think he is the greatest rapper of the modern generation. And if you want to know my top five, it's uh, Jay-Z, Kendrick, Notorious B.I.G., Tupac, and then Drake. So I think that's a pretty solid list if I do say so myself, but that's besides the point. We're getting into where everybody came here or clicked on this today. This is what you want to hear. You want to hear the beef between Kendrick and Aubrey Graham. All I got to say is I don't know what happened. Obviously, they was working in the very early 2010s um, as Kendrick was on Take Care and Drake was also featured on Kendrick's album, Good Kid, Mad City. And there was both features on ASAP Rocky's executive problems, which you could probably ex- uh, figure out what the expletive meant. I say all that to say, where did it all go wrong? Because Kendrick was the opener for Drake alongside ASAP Rocky on Drake's 2012 Club Paradise for Take Care. And it was the most successful tour of 2012. I mean, Drake and Kendrick on the same tour. I mean obviously if drake and kendrick was to ever was to ever beef drake would definitely bring up how kendrick was opening up for him in 2012 but that's besides the point what happened to the relationship is a mystery all i know is when control dropped and kendrick lamar dropped almost every prevalent rapper including Drake in his verse and said he wanted to raise the bar and rap it all went south from there Drake definitely didn't like the control verse when asked about it he said went about my day got dinner kept it moving and just sounded like an ambitious thought to me That's all it was. I know good and well that Kendrick's not murdering me in any platform. So when that day presents itself, I guess we can revisit the topic. Spicy, ain't it? Then Drake shot back at the control verse from Kendrick saying in the song, The Language, off his third album, Nothing Was the Same. He said, forget Any expeditive that's talking expeditive just to get a reaction, forget going platinum. I look at my wrist and it's already platinum. Now, I don't know if that's supposed to be a bar, but I don't know. It was more of a a subtle jab. If you don't know, Drake is like from the school of Jay-Z and subliminal disses. He's probably the best at giving subliminal disses other than Jay-Z because he's talking directly to you, but not talking at you. I don't know if that makes sense anyways so that's what Drake uh shot back at the Kendrick control verse. and then Kendrick did a freestyle in the 2013 BET awards and said a very I mean this was like the most direct shot I've ever seen I don't even think Kendrick ever sh- uh, sent a direct shot like this at, at Big Sean but basically he was playing off Drake's last name which we all know is Aubrey Graham and mocking his image as a sensitive and emotional rapper which you know Mental health is a big thing nowadays, you know, in 2023, we probably shouldn't be doing that. But, you know, Kendrick, he's one of the greatest rappers, so we just let it slide. But anyways, he called Drake sensitive and uh, retaliation to uh, the language track. He said, quote, nothing been the same since they dropped control and tucked the sensitive rapper back in his pajama clothes. Like I said, talking about you, but not at you. Fast forward 2015. Kendrick drops his third album, To Pimp a Butterfly, It takes another shot at Drake cuz if you don't know 2015, if you're a Drake fan, you know this, but 2015 was a pivotal rapper, <laughs> P- pivotal rapper, a pivotal point in this rapper's career in regards to Drake. Cause he was going through his notorious Meek Mill beef and boy did he change the trajectory of his career after he put out back to back i think that's still one of Drake's best tracks of all time simply for the fact of all the pressure he was put under and the way he came out of it which is why a lot of people still believe to bring it full circle that now Gunna has the best album of 2023 simply for all the obstacles he had to overcome to give us one of the best albums of 2023 anyways so fast forward to 2015 Kendrick drops his third album to pimp a butterfly and he takes a shot another shot at drake as you know the notorious ghostwriting rumors are swirling around and um he basically he basically said quote i can dig rapping but a rapper with a ghostwriter what the x would have happened i swore i swore i wouldn't tell but most of y'all sharing bars like you got the bottom bunk in a two-man cell now if they ain't bars then hold up with funk flex when you need them where is funk flex when you need them because i ain't gonna lie that was tch, hey i ain't gonna lie hey that that was well, what would he say i think it's it's muted don't tell me it's muted.
5: bars, nigga.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah,
5: yeah, listen,
2: uh
1: huh.
5: That's called motherfucking
1: bars. Nigga. Yeah, talk to her. All right, cool, cool. All right, let's get back to regular schedule programming. So, basically, that was one of the best bars I've ever heard. Like, I swear I wouldn't tell, but most of y'all sharing bars, like, you got the bottom bunk in the two man cell like. Hey, man, that's why I say, man, Kendrick, when it comes to rapping, the best rapper in the modern generation. But anyways, Drake, of course, was not going to let this slide. What they say, slide for... No, no, let me chill, let me chill. I'm a law-abiding citizen. I don't, you know, believe in that type of terminology. But anyways, Drake did spin the block like there was no uh, where to park. And he basically said, on the song to 2100 I would have all your fans, if I didn't go pop, And I stayed on some conscious expletive. Now, who attributes conscious rap to Kendrick? Everyone, right? So Drake took that moment to point out how everybody who's a conscious fan will still be his fan if he didn't go pop. So that was a direct shot at Kendrick. Like I said, once again, he's talking about you, but not directly at you. So uh, in 2016, of course, there was a verbal confrontation that was caught on camera. However, all of the footage, I mean, all of the footage has been scrapped and destroyed by both of the management teams. And we'll never know what was said. But apparently what Kendrick said to Drake and what Drake said to Kendrick was beyond spicy. It was almost like that footage of MJ and LeBron's only game. They played together in some like random camp that everybody has the picture of, but nobody has the footage of. It's like that Drake and Kendrick went at it, but don't nobody have the footage, but apparently it happened. I mean, if you want to hear a more, if you want to hear an in-person account on it, uh, Marcellus Wiley, I believe was in the room Uh, out of all, I know random, right? But, uh, Marcellus Wiley, which, you know, he's pretty, a vet, he's a veteran in this game at this point. So, you know, he's pretty, uh, he's a reliable source, let's just say, a trustable source. He's like Woj when he comes to this stuff. Uh, not like Woj, but, you know, like as far as being in the game long, he's not just making stuff up for clout because he's been in the game so long. But basically, this man was in a room when they was going back and forth so if you want to hear his account on how it went down you can look up marcellus wiley and drake and kendrick actually let me see if i can find that right now i don't know how long the the clip is that's why i told you to look it up but let me marcellus wiley drake and kendrick because he he talked about it i don't know how long it was Uh, six minutes Whew, that's tough and it's a dj vlad interview I can't play the video because I'm not trying to get taken down by Vlad, but let's just play the audio. I believe he gets straight into it.
4: So you talked about a situation on your show and you couldn't get into specifics, um, but it has something to do with mm. the Drake and Kendrick beef. I've heard of those guys.
5: Good rappers. I so hear. you
4: said, all I know is there was a beef. And all I know is I was witness to where the beef would have ignited to proportions we would not have seen since Ja Rule of oh, 50. Yeah maybe even Ice Cube WA, Like, it went there. But that was destroyed from everyone's property. That was destroyed, that interview. That moment was destroyed. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but I was there and I heard the shots
5: fired. Mm. So you had an interview with Kendrick or Drake? <laughs> Look at that. So you know I'm so transparent, so real. But I haven't been sworn to secrecy except it was it was orders given from one person's camp to our company that they should not air it. And only that keeps me from really going all in on who it was. But I will give you the entire story and let you guess it out. Okay. Because I didn't swear to see. Okay. Okay. Yes, let's hear it. Um, we're doing our interview. This is when I'm taping Sports Nation, Max Kellerman, myself, my co-host. Um, no Michelle Beto at this time. It's just a two-man show. And sometimes we tape. Sometimes we go live. To the audience, it usually always looks live, but to us, we may have done it two hours earlier. That day, unfortunately, we were taping. So we're taping the interview, and we already know that there's something in the air that's, that's going on between these two rappers. We already know there's a little beef there. So we're like, it's our job, like you just asked me. I'm gonna ask them, what's up with the beef? Is it real? And all of a sudden, you don't really expect those those uh, those hard fastballs to actually the batter just says okay i'm about to take you You're like that's supposed to be a strike and he tried to hit it and he start talking noise and i was like what like i'm thinking like i'm i'm thinking i'm on Vlad. i'm thinking i'm double xl the source i'm like we got beef like it's going down like this is official and then so we had a follow-up me and my boy we got chemistry so we we're like we're gonna stay with this Hit him with the with the double up, and he doubled down. So we were like, oh, my God. So now it's like noon, and all we have to do is wait an hour for our show His live, and then the world season, and then y'all run with it where you want to. I love rap beef. As long as it stays peaceful, I love rap beef. Nothing better. Nothing better. Nothing better. Right. Go get it. Um, and then all of a sudden, we're walking off set, waiting our time just for the show there or whatever. Ring, ring. And then our bosses come up to us, and they're like, we have, to, we have to extinguish that interview. We have to discard it. And I was like, what? Why? And they were like, well, their camp called, and their camp said it. that shouldn't be aired. And I was like, well, shouldn't have said it too. And I'm thinking in the mindset of if this was live, would he have said it? And if he did, he couldn't take it back. But it wasn't. So then the, they were like, it has to go that way. One, that's not our lane. Like, We ain't trying to break rap news. And, in their minds in the corporate mind they thinking of tupac and biggie so they're like if anything this might <laughs> save us and save some lives i'm like i don't think it's gonna go there but whatever so the moment was lost the tape gone and never aired now the, the guy in me that says if i ever get fired and i ever just have no job and i i can't dj anymore anything i'm gonna find that tape <laughs> and i'm gonna yeah. sell it and i'm gonna sell it to you yeah, and then we're going to figure this out together. So you're saying it was either Drake or Kendrick?
4: Oh, it was the individual. Oh, yeah. this was Drake it. or Kendrick went mm-hmm. on your show, went ballistic against the other
5: person. Yeah, and they've both been on our show multiple times because I've seen some stories where people try to put the timeline and, oh, was it then? And then I'm like, all I'm going to tell you is they both been on our show multiple times. <laughs> multiple times. So you do the guesswork from there. Because the interesting
4: thing about the Drake and Kendrick beef is they never really went at each other. There was like this Kendrick B.T. freestyle that mm-hmm. kind of like, well, there was this control verse, the control verse. All
1: right. And then he starts to, Vlad starts to go over what I already talked about. But uh, basically, so that's the interview from Marcellus Wiley. And as you can tell, it was beyond spicy. So, um, well, I lost my place. So, yeah, so that's where the verbal confrontation happened. And it was confirmed by Marcellus Wiley, because we just heard it was a verbal confrontation. We didn't know where it was, the footage, like none of that. So uh, after that, in 2017, Kendrick drops the fourth studio album, which I can't say because, you know, PG podcast. But basically he says, quote, my fans can't wait for me to sun your expletive and crush your whole little expletive." Our big pun, there's so many expletives in here tiptoeing around my name you lame and when i get at you homie don't you just tell me what uh you was just playing now to be fair to kendrick a lot of people like <clears throat> attributed that to uh big sean because we don't know kendrick and big sean had a little static but the way that Kendrick ended Big Sean, people literally forgot they had beef. Like, when I hear, t- like, people would talk about Kendrick like he's never had rap beef. I was like, him and Big Sean was, like, literally going at it. Like, they would be on the same track and going at it, like some holy key type stuff, like trying to uh, one-up each other on a verse. And Kendrick will always get the better of them, But it was, like, subliminals back and forth as far as, like, direct shots. Like, it was just one track. I think it was off of the, uh, the album title, which I can't say because it's a cuss word. But basically, there's a, um, I forgot, um, there was a track where he said, like, boy over and over, and the shots that he was taking was directly at Big Sean, because if you don't know, Big Sean, he says boy a lot, like, as far as his tagline, he was just like, like, I don't know how he blew up with that, but he was like, boy, you know, it was like something that, like, Big Sean was able to get off, but anyways, Kendrick took that, flipped it, and I guess he, like, Gave bars to Big Sean in a way that everybody was just like, okay, well, he outrapped you. Now, like, it's not even a competition. So that, like, back in the day, which I say back in the day like I'm old, but they used to have Big Sean in the big three of rappers. It used to be uh, Drake. No, it used to be Kendrick Drake and Big Sean. If you don't believe me, just ask anybody who was around that 2010s period. Big Sean was really like that and regarded like that, like as a top three rapper in the game um obviously not today like you know people put Jermaine in that uh spot but anyway that's besides the point so Kendrick deaded him to the point where nobody even thinks that's a beef anymore so fast forward to 2022 Kendrick has a track uh with Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers where he mentions Drake he says when Kanye got back with Drake I was slightly confused first time he ever name dropped Drake by the way guess I'm not as mature as I think got some healing to do hmm healing to do I wonder what that means maybe they still have beef so now drake took that as a diss of course and uh came back on his track back st- no, what was it it was an unreleased oh an unreleased song i've heard this uh at the gate so the track at the gates you can look this up now drake and little uzi vert um has an unreleased track titled at the gates where drake takes a shot a response shot to that bar that Kendrick dropped on Mr. morale and the Big, Separate, Big Steppers, basically saying, "Quote, fake woke, you expert of fake deep, you ain't no fame before me." Which is a, like I keep saying, if they ever beef, I promise you, Drake is bringing up him opening up for Drake in uh, 2012. Like that's, like opening up for an artist after that, like you can't really recover. But anyways. He said fake woke, you expeditive fake deep, you ain't no fame before me, which is like a callback to that. Gave your expeditive a little sneak peek. Now you gotta take a back seat. Once again, talking about you, but not at you. Who has a back seat freestyle? Who's who's quote unquote real conscious in this hip-hop game? Who didn't know fame before me? going back to the 2012 tour where you was opening up for drake gave you a little sneak peek which is just another uh addition to that uh reference and then kendrick came back with another diss and the latest uh <clears throat> america has a problem remix which that's just like fire by the way this is one funny part while i talk side tangent uh me and my friend we talk about this and it's like uh it's, it's like don't stop it's like he goes on a whole like mess he's like don't stop messing up don't stop messing up obviously he's, he doesn't say mess but you you get it. it's like a peachy podcast but like i just thought that was so funny because everybody calls drake zesty that's one of the zestiest bars i've ever heard from kendrick it's not wrong with being zesty but you know i guess if, you know teach his own so anyways uh kendrick came back on the on the america has a problem remix and he basically um Said, quote, truthfully, I be lying in my rap song, cause I always fail to mention I slap homie. <laughs> like imagine saying you lying, cause uh, you forget to add that you actually slap him. But anyways, uh, truthfully, I be lying in my rap songs, cause I always fail to mention I slap homie. His career didn't come with no life insurance. Hope his day one fans got some facts on him obviously that could be attributed to anybody but like i keep saying they're definitely talking about each other so um that's we're, we're all the way caught up we're in 2023 now and kendrick and drake beef is still continuing on obviously these are my some of my favorite rappers definitely two of my favorite rappers of um just my lifespan so um to see them go back and to see them go back and forth I really I, I don't know i would say i mind it but i, I honestly i don't mind them going back and forth because we already we've already received poetic justice no pun intended from drake and kendrick lamar so it's like can they ever give us a track better than that i don't know and kendrick and the weekend for me is a better duo than kendrick and drake so I mean, I would rather Kendrick and Drake beef. Like, if you get on a beef with one Canadian artist, Drake's the one I'm picking. Like, please don't beef with The Weeknd because Kendrick and The Weeknd on that Black Panther soundtrack to this day, still one of my favorite tracks of all time. So, um, yeah, that's basically it. That's the, that's the roundup of the Drake and Kendrick Lamar beef. I'm trying to think, is there anything else I had on them? Let me see. That's basically it. Do I think, oh, this is the ultimate question. Okay, do I think that Drake and Kendrick will ever have a full-fledged beef? Yes. I think it's coming sooner than expected. Kendrick is finally out of his deal, his tumultuous deal with TDE, which is why he even took a three-year hiatus in the first place. And he kind of pulled a DJ drama. Remember when Little Uzi, it's a weird correlation, but you got to stick with me if you're a music fan. Remember when Lil Uzi Vert went on hiatus and DJ Drama had to find another popular artist and he came up with Jack Harlow and miraculously Lil Uzi Vert fell back in line? When Kendrick went on hiatus because of the TDE deal for those three to four years, he came up with Baby Keem. And now, miraculously, Kendrick Lamar was able to put out his last album to get out of his TDE deal so he's a free man now I say all that to say that Kendrick Lamar even when he's not working he's working Baby Keem is a testament to that and with Kendrick being out of his TDE deal I believe all hands are on deck getting ready for this Drake and Kendrick war that's coming in the near future I'm it probably happened before the end of this year. So anyways, click my link tree in my bio. Let me know on one of my social medias. What do you think about the Drake and Kendrick beef? And um, whose side are you on? And who do you think is the best rapper of the modern generation? Getting into the overview of the pod. Of course, it was filled to the brim with Aubrey Graham content just like i like it awesome but y'all get what i'm saying we started off covering the seven new leaks that surfaced from drake that's supposedly going to be on for all the dogs i don't think all of them will be i think it's only like two or three of them that will probably end up being on the album and ever since somebody pointed out their abbreviation of drake's album title to me i've been completely scarred and i haven't recovered since but after that we got into halo infinite and how 343 Industries completely butchered the success of Halo Infinite from launch to now as it has officially lost 98% of its fan base. Then we got into how Mac- uh, Macrovision, Microsoft and its Activision Blizzard acquisition is most likely going to go down as the largest acquisition in the history of the gaming industry. And I kind of broke down the uh, results and in the in the effects of that happening. Then I talked about Marvel dropping out of Comic-Con while also touch, uh, talk <laughs> touching on the writer's strike and how that's affecting Hollywood in ways you wouldn't even imagine. Your favorite show? just know will probably be pushed back because of this writer's strike and now we've received even more information that the um the actors may actually go on strike and and uh simply because they want residuals for streaming which is the new forms of media nowadays and so they're trying to figure that out and if they don't get it figured out your favorite actor may actually go on strike then we transition into gaming industry layoffs because if there's one thing about the pandemic it showed that not all pockets are invincible and it shows with the Microsofts the EAs of the world the Ubisofts as they've laid off thousands of employees and it seems like it's not slowing down anytime soon then we got back into music when uh touched on hip-hop beef with six nine and Anuel, as those two artists are in a very interesting beef right now to the point where i will say that their beef has officially um gotten serious because they've been beefing for several years but never once you bring a kid into it which they uh, the definitely did this year um it's, got, it's gotten to a point where we don't know if it will ever be resolved then we ended talking about the goat of hip-hop i mean if it wasn't for drake where would hip-hop be in the landscape of society because as morgan wallen and taylor swift has showed us has shown us we need our titans to come out every now and then to keep hip-hop on top and with drake kendrick and jermaine and tyler the creator all not dropping it shows that our genre is not invincible and if our titans are dropping then other genres will take over for the entire year which is what morgan wallen and taylor swift are doing but i kind of got into the overall uh details about the it's all a, Bl- a blur t- a tour and i got into how he's beefing with childish gambino i got into how he got fined for staying over time in detroit uh, there's a Nikki feature supposedly on the upcoming album for all the dogs. Uh, Drake's younger self, which bam- bamboozled everybody into them thinking it was a hologram. All along, it was an actual real life human that just looked like Drake's younger self. <laughs> then I ended with the notorious Drake and Kendrick Lamar beef. If there's a more notorious beef in a modern generation, then I haven't heard of it because Drake and Kendrick has to this day been the most intriguing beef that I've ever come across. So yeah, that's about it for episode 125. Thanks for tuning in to the notorious Mass Effect podcast. And don't be afraid to send me an email at uh well at analyticdreams at gmail.com letting me know what you think of the show and what you want me to well i'll say my email again i said that kind of fast fast analyticdreams at gmail.com it's also in my description box but anyways letting me know what you think of the show and you want me, and what you want me to talk about in the next episode. I also like that's the reason I even talked on, the, uh, or I even spoke on the six nine, and annual beef. Because I usually um, focus strictly on music. Well. For 80% of my content, I focus strictly on music uh, because I just feel like that's more intriguing as far as the behind-the-scenes working. But I know some people want to hear about beefs every now and then, so I try to focus on the ones that are the are the biggest. And for my Latin community, it was like you got to speak on the Takashi and you will beef. So, um, yeah, man. Hopefully, I did that. Hopefully, I, I I did that review justice. Hopefully, or recap justice. Also, click my link tree in my bio. To access my social medias and to keep up on my latest activities. If you want to support the show financially, click my Cash App link located towards the top of my link tree as it helps the show overall. Make sure to share this podcast and rate this five stars on whatever platform you are currently listening on, as this helps the show reach more people so we can grow together and affect the masses. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Notorious. Mass Effect